0: Previously, on Anything Goes. Anything goes. Oh,
1: hey, did you, have you ever seen those just very quick? Have you ever seen those uh, audition, like those uh, porno scenarios where the girl shows up for the audition, you know, and then the guy says, "Hey, but there is no job," you know, those audition ones.
2: I've seen women yeah. get stopped in the street and say, yeah, in come, in bus, "Come in the bus, uh, <laughs> come in the, come in the the fun bus." The the I bus. was devastated
3: when I found out the bang bus wasn't real because I'm like, these well, whores are so come dumb. on.
4: I knew it wasn't real. I like, guess this doesn't happen. The bang bus isn't real. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hey, stranger, come fuck on film. Oh, everything. Okay.
1: Everything I learned. In
2: Kathleen's of, life, hearing that the bang bus isn't real is like—it's like, 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 never gonna it's get like a little kid bus. finding out there's no Santa Claus. The bang <laughs> bus
3: to me is the cash cab to most people. <laughs> like,
4: right. I'm in the bang bus.
5: <laughs> well, what if there
4: was a green card attached to at the bang bus? Oh, she'd I've, be in that bang uh, bus. <laughs> in I'd be banging in that, that bang,
0: in that bang bus for a week. I don't care. And now, let's get to a new exciting show. Make the shadow man. Hey, sunny baby, how you
1: doing? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you?
0: What do the people who are always picked last for sports teams do? They host a radio show. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost.
4: How the fuck am I funny?
0: And Dave Martin. What have we got here? Fucking comedian. Can you dig it?
1: Welcome back, everybody. This is Anything Goes for the week of August 14th, 2013. My name is Dave Martin. We are coming to you from the studios in downtown Toronto, downtown-ish enough. Uh, like every week, I have my uh, co-host beside me, Mr. Darren Frost. How are you, Darren? I'm good. How are you this week, David? Oh, pfft, I I don't really like answering the how am I question yeah. because I just sort of... I, it's that Can't you sur- just
4: fake it? Can't you just fake it for well, the show? Well, do you want me to fake it for sure. the show? Sure. Okay, the show. then I'm fine. I'm wonderful.
1: But all right. it's like uh, I, I'm See, not. I could go into details of shittiness, but I
4: say fake it, and then people at home can figure out at what point where they're like, I know he's faking it.
1: Well, probably from the moment you open your mouth. Well, that's, that's what they're I mean. He's faking yeah, it. Yeah, it's a little game. It, it's well, a little
4: game for the people at home. Dave, well, they listen to this all the time, and they probably have a drinking game set up. The so where is Dave going to fuck up? And oh, how will he fuck up when realize that he's he's faking it? Is what I'm saying.
1: Well, the moment that both you and I uh, open our mouths is probably right. the moment that, that shots start. One. Yeah, yeah. Well, now that they can cheat, right? Now they don't even just <laughs> need keep to doing play the shots game over and over again. They can just start drinking before. When, when, in the-
4: when we used to have three people in here, we, we should have had a drinking game. Wherever we make fun of you, it's a shot. Right, and then people would just be fucking hammered within like ten minutes.
1: We um, we still need to do that. Uh, a few drinks in episode, yeah, we should, yes, because the few drinks in podcast seems to have died. Yeah, <laughs> from yes. our former co-host. Yep. But anyways, that doesn't matter. Well, so what's uh. <laughs> What's what's going
0: on? Um, well, we
4: wanted to talk about this because we were talking before we started the recording. Uh, there's been a lot of drama and uh, talk about the Russian Olympics um, in 2014, and all the drama really is around the idea of gay rights and the uh, ability of uh, humans to uh, procreate and have sex however they want to. And uh, I know procreate was weird because they don't procreate, but I'm just saying. So we're talking
1: I, about the gays in yeah the gays yes the gays in Russia
4: the gays in Russia. So just so we know, Victoria produced. Is of Russian background, and she is going to try to set the story straight. Let's set it up a little. Uh, most people uh, believe what's going on is Russia is kind of persecuting people that are gay. Right. And the Olympics are worried that any athlete that goes to Russia and is gay will be arrested for being gay or showing any solidarity towards gay rights.
6: That's Gov- probably going to make Gov- people tariff. run
1: fast if you get. Okay, wait. So but, Ru-
6: but Russian people think. Uh, Differently, it's uh, not okay. about. But the government, gay. the government. It's all Russia. American propaganda. It it's is all American propaganda okay, because but... no one is thrown to prison for being gay, but for acting. What about Pussy Riot? For if 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 they do throw like fuck each other on the street, of course they will be thrown to prison. Why? Well, think... they disturb normal, like not normal people. I mean, just right. people who live there. Like, why would you want to show cock to everybody <laughs> on the street? I don't know. Well,
1: Okay, but so what are all these photographs? What's the agenda in in, in, I, in for the you, American you know what? government?
6: We, we can dress up and uh, play any games. Uh, you pay money, we'll dress and fake it.
1: No, but these <laughs> I think these people want to just be able to express themselves and not worry about How you know, to, getting to express persi- themselves. Well, I would Showing glitter Fox and shit
4: <laughs> Well, I mean, first of all, uh, this isn't uh, the idea of guys running around whacking each other off in the streets. I don't think
1: so it is either. No,
4: it's it's a matter of uh, the Russian president has come out and said that uh, he's going to have a stern... A warning to anyone that's gay or homosexual that it's not going to be tolerated in Russia. And the people of Russia may feel one way, but the government runs that country. I mean, let's be honest. Of any country, it's not really matter what the people think. It's the Russian government that's been for you know how many years now. Well, I mean, yeah, that's no, just the way well, Russia handles itself. Is. You know, uh, and yeah, I guess any country, even America, could be accused of that. Well, it's, in some what, it's ways.
1: what the laws you know dictate. Often, but you know. what,
4: but what about the idea that they are rounding up people that are gay? Then they're, they're not having sex in the streets. I get the sex in the streets thing. I don't want to see straight people kissing in a park. Well,
6: this is okay. about legislation that recently went in Russia that you, they cannot teach kids about gay culture, anything gay, before they're 18. That's all. Well, they cannot teach at school subject like and have gay rainbow flags all over school, like in here in Canada in my son's school. They does have he ever, are there,
1: are they, do they have a gay flag in your son's school? Yeah. And then yeah. what do they teach them about the gay lifestyle, that it exists they, they, or yeah, it's course, uh, wonderful? Sure.
6: No, here in Canada, they do teach it. Okay.
1: They do
4: teach about gay rights and, and uh, homosexuality in school, yeah? Oh, okay. Yeah.
6: In Russia, they said, we're, we're not going to teach kids that. That's all.
4: Uh, mm. I don't know if that's it. I, I don't know. That can't, that, that can't be seems just it. It to be a
1: very homophobic government, though. Yeah, uh,
4: you, I mean,
6: you guys are just escalating it to the point when it's uh, just ridiculous. What? It's,
4: <laughs> well, OK, I'm just I'm just talking about what they're saying in the news. I'm not saying if it's right or not. Right. I'm just reporting what they're talking about. Right. I, I, I don't, don't live there. I don't know. And some of the media that it's
6: all about Snowden, American propaganda.
4: What, but <laughs> well, the... that might be true that I'm not I'm not discounting that. I'm not discounting that that the American is military machine is kind of drumming up this because they're pissed off about the Snowden thing. But that's given, a valid thing. But they've
1: they, haven't they allowed Snowden to stay in Russia in for In Russia, a that's year? why
4: USA is pissed off. That's what she's saying. So because they're all pissed off, they're going to you know bang the drum of this gay rights thing. We're really. Uh, well, what know, does
1: Snowden have to do with gayness? Or are they just using? No, him they just as want to show Russia a as a
4: as a negative entity and a negative country because they're not abiding by what the U.S. wants. No. That's what Victoria's point is. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's an interesting argument. I haven't heard that. Is well, that an argument amongst Russian people or?
1: Speak for the Russians. Yeah. Yeah. What? I'm Canadian. Okay, oh, all you're, right. now well, you're Canadian. Then talk, stop talking so funny, man. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> no, what now? But in all seriousness, uh, do you think we should stop, not go to the Olympics because yes. the. The Russians no, are, are beating uh, Olympics, up on the... Olympics,
6: it's a good event. Everyone should go and have fun. and doesn't matter whether you're gay or whatever. Have fun. Show your dicks around the street on, in Sochi. <laughs> people will be glad you did.
1: But as long as they're not rainbow dicks or anything yeah. like that.
6: Yeah. I want to see dicks on the street at the Olympics, too. Yeah, just real dicks. No rainbows. Yeah, just, that's what? it. I just
4: Dick, 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 dick. Come well, on. That's what the Olympics... I saw some the photographs... The basics of the Olympics has always been dick, 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 dick on the street.
1: Actually, a lot of people might go back i to say that the original Greek Olympics were Ooh, just yeah. an excuse to watch naked men. Yeah. Because uh, all the original Olympics, weren't they all done in the nude? Yes. And, on, and all the higher end uh, Greek authorities would just sit around and, and watch these yeah, uh, naked dudes just, running? Yeah. I don't know. Do you, are, do you even know what I'm talking about, Darren? Are yeah, you just going Are yeah. you just agreeing with me? Because it's, I'm just it's a large cock joke.
4: Yeah, it's a big cock joke.
1: Okay, all right. But I know that's what I heard that the original Olympics were all done in the uh, in the bus. That I, don't I did know. know. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so, but that seems a weird thing too, because you to, for the sprinting and it, people hitting opinion, their clocks on the
4: hurdles. If any of this is true, yeah. about the gay rights and them saying that you can't be gay in Russia, I think that we should boycott the Olympics. That's my personal opinion. If Russia is that anti-gay or homophobic or against homosexuality, I personally think we should boycott it. Hmm. Well, because the Olympics is based on equality and the Olympics has already come out and said that they don't agree with it and that that their mandate was for equality of all people. And if they're going to start doing that, then they're going to seriously consider what they can do. Supposedly, six major sponsors has already said they're not sponsoring the Olympics. That's like Coca-Cola, Panasonic, worldwide companies that normally sponsor the Olympics are saying if Russia upholds all these laws, they are not going to sponsor the Olympics. Well, yeah, I I don't really know
1: all the facts, so I don't really want to start spewing out, but I just... Uh, and I don't know... I'm on the fence whether we should boycott it or not. I mean, I've seen some horrific pictures out of Russia, but, you know, who knows what these pictures are. Right.
4: I don't know. I just saw a dead elephant photograph. And to me, king. I don't think this interview is even going to go, this show. Victoria's just going to fuck it up <laughs> anyways, she's pissed off. Are you
1: just going to do your own thing?
4: <laughs> all of a sudden, it's just going to cut into a show from have eight, eight like, weeks ago.
1: Right, or are we going to have that sound of like... <laughs> and then, you know... It was a, there was, I don't know, some of the grand, the, like the czar of Russia's... Co- <laughs> I don't the... care,
6: guys. If you don't go to Olympics, I will... Okay. <laughs> what enough. are you going to do?
1: Fair enough. At the you can be the
6: anything goes correspondent. Sure, for, for the, the Russian, Russian
4: Olympics. Olympics. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, we got to go. A more, break. Aren't there
1: Justin Bieber matters that we should be no, talking we'll, about? No, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Uh,
4: we got to go to a break. When we come back from the break, our first interview will be with Diana Francis, uh, a comedian who is uh, originally based out of Vancouver, now makes her home in Toronto. Taped live at the Winnipeg Comedy Fest.
0: Diane Francis. Diane Francis. While staying in Toronto, the guests of Anything Goes stay wherever the hell they want. Isn't it enough that they let them on the show and plug whatever crap they're up to? This is Anything Goes.
1: Hey, this is Dave Hudson, and you're listening to Anything Goes
7: on SiriusXM.
0: Still waiting for the beastiality videos to get their own category at the Adult Video Awards. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. Hey there everybody, we are back from the break. This is Anything Goes for the week of August
1: the 14th, 2013. Uh, We are going to throw to an interview that uh, both Darren, myself and I believe Kathleen McGee did uh, with uh, Diana Francis uh, back at the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. Uh, uh, We're just going to go to that. What else can I say? But here she is, Diana Francis.
4: Hi, Diana. How are you? I'm super. Kids. So um, you're in town. Uh, you know, I asked you pre-show just in terms of your background is more improv than stand-up or solo pieces. But this you're doing here this week is a solo piece.
8: That's right. Yeah, I come from mostly an improv background. Did stand-up for quite a few years. Okay. Uh, but made more money doing improv, so stuck yeah. with that. Yes. Yeah. And that uh, uh, yes. was your
4: stand-up in Toronto? Was it? When it, was you Toronto? it was in we'll Vancouver. It was in Vancouver. Okay. Yeah.
8: Yeah. And I'm living now in Toronto, but. And back in Vancouver a lot because I'm getting gigs there. And come on, Toronto, you
4: gotta pay the rent.
8: Yeah. Come, come on, Toronto. start figuring out how to hire. Me. How do you make a lot of money doing improv? Is
3: yeah, like I
1: wanted to ask that too.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. Is Maybe it, we got to start an improv right? troupe. Okay. Is it like oh God, corporate no.
8: gigs or is yeah, it, okay. it's corporate gigs? Yeah. Okay. Well, I also work for the Vancouver Theatre Sports League, um, which is one of the only improv companies in the country that actually pays. Wow. Right. So I'm part of their main stage ensemble. Even though I still live in Toronto, I won't let them take me off the main That's stage awesome. ensemble. Why not? Yeah. I uh, but i've also um do improv for corporate markets which is great because you know how your stand-up stuff can be so specific that right. sometimes it doesn't translate. Of necessarily. course. Well, we just interview the client and find out inside information, and then it, they think it's magic. Right? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That they, yeah. we're doing I, improv, and, and, saying improv- and, and saying the boss's name. I never do corporate. <laughs> my act is
3: just not there yet. But um, but I know I hear a lot of people that comics get. Yeah, they want they want me to interview the the boss and talk about the boss. I just want to do my act. But like with improv, you can yeah. incorporate. And I think that that's probably why it, it's more of a Corporate sort of thing that they do. Well, yeah. they like
1: it. and They feel special, and you don't have to worry. It's like, yeah, like a comic has an act, and if you, we don't have anything else to do, so it's not like mm-hmm. any company wants corporate
4: wants their um, you know, uh, not, uh, not uh, Jen is not their word, but their uh, them in the show. That's what they they love that. Yeah. Stuff up, yeah. So you Make fun of the guy in market because yeah. they told you to, and you can put that in. You know? Yeah. That kind of thing. So. Yeah.
8: And and the, and the thing is, is you have to be still be able to do it well. Like not just any. Oh, of course. Can yeah. Hang up the sign no, and say oh, I'm a corporate not. improviser because yeah. boy does that ever wreck it for the rest of us. Right. I'm well, terrible. Yeah. And... Well, that's the same thing
1: with one like one bad stand up yeah. at, at a corporate uh, it could be like you know the ex says the word shit and a couple of people laugh. He's like, all right, let's go on for more <laughs> shits. Yeah. It's yeah. like you know then that can ruin. Oh well, we had one stand up here and he was terrible. You know.
8: I, the what and that's when I swoop in with
3: yeah. Well this well. is why improv works. Yeah. There so, is a Go ahead, go ahead. Do you find that there is like um a stand up versus improv thing? Because I kinda find that there is a little bit sometimes where stand ups are like,
8: oh it's improv and improv's like, oh it's stand ups. I fun well. I've lived in both worlds, yeah. right. and uh, here's here's my here's my analogy of the difference between stand up and improv. Stand up, it's just you. Yeah, you're, you're writing it. You are performing it. If it goes well, you don't have to share it with anybody else. If it bombs, you, you don't have you anybody choose. else to blame it on. Right. So it's a very very inside your brain solo world. Whereas improv in you have to make eye contact with other people on mm-hmm. stage you have to be listening you have to be accepting and, and moving things for you have no choice but to work with other people which generally makes improvisers slightly more social creatures whereas i often find stand-ups can be very insular
4: socially inept a little that's bit true. more socially, socially inept. Awkward. yeah and yeah. i
8: found when i was doing a lot of stand-up i started to do that yeah. i started to pull in and right. it affected my improv that's so weird
3: because i've i used to be very uh like I would go out all the time and be in big groups and now after doing stand up for 8 years yeah. I like to go to movies alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. I like <laughs> to I like to stay in my room and read by myself. Like it's weird. Maybe I should take some improv classes. Well, our, <laughs> our like our
1: our punchlines are written in and so that's why I always I think stand ups don't like improvs. But I find Improvisers that... because they're like oh, they just make that shit up no, and I work I've so hard the,
3: to I've heard from other improv people. But that... I'm
1: I'm speaking from like the angry stand up perspective no. and they just don't like that's why they don't like uh, improv is because it's all because if you well, if you're in a scene and you wanna say one thing and then you're just like, Oh, that's rude, I'll just say something else. But I mean, you know, your punchlines are set. It's not like you can't
4: yeah, change. I, them. what I think about improv, and I've said this before, is that um, the problem one of the problems with improv versus stand up is uh, when you watch bad stand up, you still can kinda laugh to yourself and go, This guy thinks this is funny or she thinks this is funny. This person's crazy. When you see bad improv, it's just bad improv. Oh, it's so awful. Oh, it's it's just really hard to sit through. And one of the problems in Canada is we don't have a star system and we have our own problems in the entertainment industry, but there's no way of telling what's good and bad improv unless you know someone in improv who will tell you on Facebook, no, you got to go see this group. Yeah, sure. These guys are good. Sure. You know, And that's one of the problems because it's like bad improv is just really painful. Well, yeah.
8: going back to your question about the sort of the rivalry between standards right. and improv yeah. i think a lot of it also comes from the fact that the audience perceives us completely different yeah yep. so an audience is going to go you have had time to write this shit down make sure. me laugh
4: yes yes
8: whereas for me knowing that i'm making this up on the spot they're going to me way more yeah a little more yeah. forgiving sure right? which is a, a very different audience perspective Perspective. Yeah. And so I think that often um, stand ups resent the slack that an audience will right? cut. Yeah, that's off. interesting. I've never read that. Whereas, yeah. they're just, to me, it's like the difference between jazz and metal. They're, they're still valid uh, forms of music. Oh, of course. Of yeah, yeah. They're just different and they're not to everybody's taste. Yes,
4: right. But also, though, with that same analogy that you said about, um, you know, they got you, give you more slack. The wow moment then is much bigger in improv when it does get pulled off yeah. than in stand-up. Because they may be giving you slack, but when you can wrap it all up in somewhere they don't see it going. Because mm-hmm. in a lot of stand-up, you know where it's going. You yeah. know, this guy's the angry guy. He's going to talk about this, this, and this. Even though they still laugh, when it comes to improv, they don't know exactly where it's going. And the, you may, and your partner may, but they don't.
8: And I'm fascinated by the the psychology of the audience Right. brain as well because what makes improv work is that the average Joe sitting in the audience goes I could never think on my feet that quickly the average Joe might go I'm the funniest guy in the office I could write down my Absolutely. jokes and do what yeah. the stand up does but more often than not they don't think that they could do what we yeah. do right. so there's that element of like how did you come up with it that fast
5: yeah. Yeah, yeah. where
8: it's like well we've been doing it for 20 years how do you yeah. do, uh,
4: fix a car I don't know I yeah. can't do it
8: exactly I, I can't how do you not... fly a plane I
4: don't know but it's, it's like for stand it's like you can heckle me but I've been doing is 22 years you're never going to say anything that I haven't dealt with before and yeah. I'm sure as the years go by in improv generally you've had almost every suggestion yelled at you for something and it's
8: not even so much about the suggestion it's that you as an improviser know how to make a scene work you're right. a good enough improviser yes. That, yes. that you're never going to be terrible you might be good but you're, you're mostly great if right. you're at that stage well, right? and like, there's
1: a funniness that comes with the tension created on stage during improv but the tension and awkwardness that comes uh, if you're a stand-up on stage, just becomes uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. You know, if, like, two people are in a the scene, they don't know where it's going, then that's sort of, like, funny for the audience. But if the stand-up on stage is confused, you're like, oh, fuck, <laughs> this is so bad for this guy. Like, yeah. It's because – and the fact that you know it can go anywhere on an improv and just – Oh man, what's this guy got left? You know. Yeah.
3: And I, I grew up in Edmonton, and Edmonton has a very strong improv scene. They have oh, yeah. a Rapid Fire Theater Company. They have Dynasty, like all the and some super talented, uh, Ron. What's that guy that went on Mad TV? I don't oh, know. Ron Peterson. Yeah, he's from Edmonton. So he was part. And I grew up going to uh, their improv shows, and they ruled the Edmonton Fringe. And it was weird because I, I kind of always wanted to get into improv. I felt so intimidated and then I found stand-up and I'm like, I'm not quite as intimidated to do this. I feel like I can do this. So maybe it was just like, I
8: never thought I could do improv as well. I don't know. It's weird. I think it's a valuable skill for stand-ups to have. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and I, it is annoying when, you know, when stand-ups look down on it. But hell, even in improv, improvisers look down on other improvs. Depending oh, of course. On the, oh, I know Depending that. on the kind of style you're I doing. Know yeah. that. The long-form people are all super pretentious and they're like, "No nah, games. Right. But My, it's like, you know what? It's hard to yeah. do the games. Don't blow that sure. off my the... favorite
3: uh thing to listen to right now is this is that and yeah. that's like like i think that those guys are brilliant i love that show i've been listening to it nonstop. it's so funny and i'm like, i'm just like in awe that they can do this
8: yeah it's amazing that most of that is improvised but and the focus off the top of the show isn't hey everybody this is totally improvised it you look, don't find that out until like the real end show they
3: even have the way that most like that a lot of the cbc presenters talk they over articulate everything yeah. and it's really funny like i'm like
4: you can listen to this. You can come well, and hear you. know, there's a true. reason they they beat us last year at the. Uh, oh, I know the they awards. beat us at
3: the awards, and I I I'm like good for you because oh, I, me, me too. When they won, I, I yeah. turned to
4: Dave. I said, as long as it was them, I was fine. Yeah, <laughs> they're so funny. Yeah, they're, they're very, very funny guys. But now we were talking before the interview started about the the solo piece that you're doing yeah. and something very interesting, and I want to touch on this because there <laughs> a seriousness to it, but also. You know, obviously you're trying to make, make, make it funny yeah. um, in your appearance at the festival. just give us a little bit of background on what that is
8: so the the topic for the DNTO storytelling show tonight is parenting and okay. unusual issues around parenting
1: oh i just definitely not the opera if, if people don't yes, know yes the, definitely uh, not the yes. Opera, yeah.
4: yes and, and um, for our american friends that's on our, the our on the cbc radio it's a, it's a very uh, big radio show that's it's weekly right yes it's, yes. Like it's like a, a variety
8: of its weekly, sort of show yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so they're doing a live show tonight. and so the, the the show usually has a topic or a theme for the entire show. tonight okay. so tonight is parenting. So they're looking for people with unusual parenting uh, issues. So um they asked me to come on because I have a very unusual parenting kind of situation. I um, three years ago found the son that I gave up for adoption when I was eighteen and uh so we've been trying to figure out how to have a relationship and oh, that's so cool. that's what I'm talking yeah. about tonight did
3: he find you or did you find him I found him
8: yeah um I am also adopted
3: okay and I have
8: found my birth mother and have a great relationship with her yeah. so about three years ago I thought hmm. well actually what happened was I was having to fill out the form to get my own original birth record again for some paperwork I needed I had it at one point and I lost it and I'm sitting there and the, the the form has on the top part are you a birth child looking for your birth parent yes that's me i'm looking for my birth mom information I already i've already met her i had this i lost it but the bottom part of the form said are you a birth parent looking for a birth child and i actually had never really thought too much about trying to find him and right I just kind of went oh. if he wants
4: to find you then he will kind of thing yeah or i just you didn't just think
8: i hadn't really put a ton of thought into it right so this paperwork is sitting there so i just go Ma, ah, fill it out. Don't really think about it. Send it off. Right. And uh, a couple of months later, um, the paperwork came back, and I had his name. And the first thing I did was pull up Facebook. Oh my God, that must have been crazy to see pictures of him. Yeah. Well, the first, cause the first, the first. And in fact, you found out,
4: that you had 15 mutual friends, or
8: we had a friend of a friend in common. No way. Yeah. Wow. That I could see his entire profile because we had wow. a friend of a friend in common. Yeah, yeah. Who was a. Up and coming stand up in Vancouver. Wow! Yeah, where does he live? He he, uh, in Vancouver. Oh my gosh! I gave him up in this small town called Maple Ridge, and he was raised in the neighboring area called Pitt Meadows. Is the what?
1: What's the first question that he might ask? Like, is it why was I given up? I mean,
8: yeah, pretty much. Well, we sat. We met in a pub, and we sort of sat down, and after about fifteen seconds of staring at each other, like, how old is he now? He's twenty six now. Oh Mm, wow! So my first thought when he sat down was. You look exactly like the guy who knocked me up. Oh. <laughs> so that's weird. That's really weird. Is that Sitting... person
4: still alive?
8: Uh, I think so, yeah. I don't know where he oh, is. Oh, okay, okay. No idea where he is. And he hasn't
4: told you? Like he hasn't found the the No, we've both
8: kind of tried to put it out that we can't find okay, him. It, okay, okay. It, it doesn't seem to want to be found. But uh, yeah, I guess the first question was well, like, What was
1: your first question when you found um, your uh, birth mother?
8: Oh, gosh. Um, that's a great question. I, uh, how are you? I don't, yeah. <laughs> I think you kind of started a little soft. Well, you started yeah. easy ones.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, is the first film is like, uh, just, uh, uh amazement or like, uh, is it, I mean, is it upsetting at any point? Just like not why? In these, okay. not in
8: my, either of my situations, it wasn't upsetting right. um, by any means. There's a ton of emotion and no history, yeah. so you're staring at this person, and it's it, you're looking at them, and, and
4: it's got to be kind of overwhelming for it's a few super minutes. Super overwhelming, yeah. and if
8: you've never seen what you look like in someone else's face, yeah, it's huge to feel like when I looked at my birth mother the first time, I'm like, oh, So you're, and she's looking at me, going, ah. Oh. So you really do spend like a lot of time just staring yeah. at each other all of this emotion but you don't know them yeah right. so it really feels like you're on a really good first platonic date That's like it's, right. yeah, yeah 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 and
3: okay so you met him and now what's his and what's his life like is are you like
8: i made a, an amazing decision to oh to god give yeah. a different life his his uh, adopted parents super cool um here's here's a crazy crazy am i allowed to swear yes oh, it's a crazy fucking coincidence yeah yeah so when i found his name i pulled him up on facebook right found him right away uh i wanted to message him but what like what am i gonna do poke like yeah. what the fuck? join my family tree um so i i i didn't want to message him directly so i looked through his friends list and and i looked at a couple of women who had the same last name who looked about old enough to be an aunt or a, a adopted mom or whatever randomly chose this one woman um and messaged her and so that's that's how I got a hold of him. Uh, when he came home, the, the adopted dad and mom sat him down and said, Well, I guess who contacted you? So the first thing they did was they Googled me. Cute. One of the first things that comes up is my improv company that I do corporate work, Rock, right. Paper, Scissors. And she looked at that and she went, Rock, Paper, Scissors? I've hired them for a corporate gig. That's crazy. Wow. So she had hired my company 10 years earlier. Wow. And we did an improv show for her company. That's so funny. No. Up. Idea that I'm talking to the woman who's got my kid, yeah. raised your she kid. She has no idea that she's talking to the biological mother of her child. Why childhood. don't you pitch a TV show called Adoption <laughs> Stories? Because this is fascinating to me. I, just
3: I think there is
4: one. There has to be. There, well, yeah, I'm, I think but not there is. In, in Canada? No, no, not in Canada, but, but I think they have. Yeah. They pitch have it.
3: I done. think this is so interesting. I think it's. I have a cousin that was adopted and. Um, uh, my mom worked for the provincial archives in Alberta, and uh my mom found her birth mom and I can't remember if she ever um she ever did anything with it, but I just think it's so fascinating. The stories are
8: all amazing
3: yeah now, all what did what did different. he
4: think about the idea because you were adopted right I mean that is a very interesting part yeah. of this story, yeah, yeah. it's who like <laughs> you were adopted, you went through it, so you your decision to do it is different than the average person who yeah. wasn't adopted. Well, and I had right? to
8: really trust that the system was going to work for him because it failed me. The system that I was ad- I was adopted into a family that should not have been oh, given children. Wow, so you children. did not get a good wow, so I not even did not a
4: harsher get a good- decision yeah. for you to do it.
8: Yeah, it was super hard. So And when you met your birth mom, what was she like and were you like, I would have rather had you as my mom? Um, not necessarily because I I'm happy with my life. So yeah, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't be who I yeah, am yeah, now unless yeah, I'd gone through true. all that all nonsense. Yeah. But what was really hard was to tell her how bad it was? It took me about two or three years before... I told her. Well, the guilt
4: that she would then have.
8: She had guilt giving me up. Oh, yeah, I, I, I didn't yeah. have guilt giving Liam up because I knew I had to in order to survive. Right, you know? right. But she lived with 22 years of regret before she found me. Oh yeah. So yeah. then to go, yeah. By the way, I was raised by a paranoid schizophrenic manic depressive alcoholic. <laughs> 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 but I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm not yeah, I'm yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. okay. okay. <laughs> I drink a lot, but it, yeah, it helps. Uh, it helps my uh, improv skills. Yeah. I got into comedy, but that's not a cry for help. No. Yeah. No. Uh, so it was really hard to tell her that. Yeah.
1: At what age were you when you found out you were adopted?
8: Oh, I always knew I was adopted really? because my adopted mom was an asshole and,
1: was, and used that. Was she all like the Mrs. Time? Oh, Hannigan like constantly telling, oh, yeah. reminding she you that just, you.
8: Oh yeah, you don't like it here. Go back to the
3: orphanage. So you're like and... little orphan Annie, but you had Mrs. Hannigan as your mom. Yeah, but if yeah, and the sun did
8: come out for you. It did, and I have curly hair. So. I know. Look at this. Yeah, awesome.
1: What's your Game of Thrones? Don't, don't you do like Game of Thrones? Oh shit! Sorry. Yep, we're good now. So, <laughs> what you good? what, what didn't you do like a, a Game of Thrones reporting thing? Or? I'm
8: doing recaps on uh, the new season of Game of Thrones, and I absolutely love it. Right. on your website? Or? No, I'm writing it for a humor website called TheScrib.com. Okay, oh, okay. And uh, so yeah, it's but it's the it's hilarious because I the first one that I wrote. Uh, I wasn't at home. I was on a tiny island doing a gig uh, over in Vancouver with no internet. Right. Oh. And it was a nightmare because I had to have it in by like 11 p.m. or 11 a.m. Toronto time, and it was just a nightmare of like sitting in parking lots trying to steal Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now, I was up till five in the morning writing the. Were you book. always
1: a fan of that show? Love it. I love fantasy okay. sci-fi stuff. Now, it, just, it, it just seems like that like uh, the quality of those shows has finally gotten to where they're supposed to be. Yeah. I just remember like the like yeah, when they all, would all try the CGI
4: do, now is at the level and the acting. Yeah. And the, and the seriousness of the materialism mm. that it's taken as. It's not seen as just something for a bunch of nerds now. You know what I mean? Oh, really so, super campy and shit. Yeah. So we'll only throw a little bit of money and hopefully it pays off. Like, you're kind of really dedicating a seriousness to this kind of art form.
8: Yeah, you look back on anything that they've done King Arthurian, which is sort of the same kind of yeah. vibe. And you're like, schlocky, shit. Yeah. <laughs> but this is, I know, fantastic. It's, it's almost like
4: pre-Lord of the Rings, post-Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You know?
8: It really, yeah, it probably did open the door to that whole genre of. Yeah. Uh, I was a huge nerd in in high school with fantasy, sci-fi. I loved Lord of the Rings. Loved anything where there were, you know, dragons and swords and. Right, yeah, but like
1: now the dragons look like dragons. They don't yeah. look like really corny and goof goofball.
8: Yeah, no, it's 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 been pretty amazing, and I love being an expert at something. I've never been an expert in anything before, uh, and so now I love watching the show with people because they'll watch about thirty seconds and pause and go. Okay, Francis, what the fuck is going on? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you how does see? this all connect? Yeah.
3: I've never seen the show, and I need—I know I need to watch it. I just don't watch a lot of TV,
8: but I—I want to start watching because everyone's talking about it. And here's how I recommend. Here's what I did, and I think this is the smartest way to do it: watch season one, watch yeah. the entire season. Then go back and read the books. Because now you've got the visuals. No, I'm not reading a book. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry.
4: Come on. You're you're, you're lucky Dave put pants on for this interview. I had
1: shorts on before for the other (laughs) ones we did. But it's just, um,
4: it's, um, do you remember
1: that Richard Gere one, The First Night? It's like I know it's like those like Game yes. of Thrones. I know it's a fantasy world, but now it kind of looks more real than it should. Like than it actually because you, if you go back and you watch some of the other old like medieval ones, they're all clean shaven and yeah. all the clothes are like perfectly tailored, and then it just it just looks for a fantasy world it looks real. Yeah, oh yeah, it's, so fun. it's so
3: fun. Monty Python looked pretty good when they did Holy Grail. That looked yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's cheesy, but the fr- it did look like. The Middle Ages. Just, I remember that movie
1: First Night, and it just seemed like, you guys are too pretty to be... Yeah. Yeah. The, think, in the, the thing is about yeah. the Game of
4: Thrones, though, if you haven't seen it, the great thing is now you can watch a whole se- a season at once because the the level of the scope is very hard to keep track of. It's not a show you can watch in kind of full laundry, too. Let's just put it that you, way. Oh, yeah, I know, You've I got know. to watch every second of it and be connected to it because it's just one, if you miss five minutes... The whole storyline gets fucked up. Well
3: and aren't like someone is sleeping with their sister and then their goat is coming in and, <laughs> and Luke's uh you <laughs> yeah, know Darth Vader's in. the father. What yeah. happens next, Kathleen? I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm making on the it I'm improvising.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well
3: That's what I'm not good at <laughs>
1: On the on the on the back to the the improv stand up thing, I think it's always very hard for uh, stand ups to go a, into an improv scene because we're always sort of like, oh man, I, this uh, we haven't gotten a laugh yet, and then it's so disappointing to an improviser when the stand up goes for a joke, and because then it's like, oh no, we shouldn't have. It's, it's that.
8: Uh... In my experience, the difficult thing that the stand up has uh, when they when they transition to improv is uh, giving up control, right? Because yeah. you don't have a hundred percent control and you yeah. can't. Yeah. And uh, and and yeah, that you're you're. Circulating the jokes in your brain, but then you're not listening to right, what the hell's exactly. happening in you. And then the joke that you jokey joke ends up just like, no, that was yeah. Cool. Have you ever improvised with like creepy dude when you
3: play arms expert and he grabs your boobs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems like because I remember in high
8: school, it would always be like, never play arms expert with this dude because he will always grab your boobs. Well, thankfully, I'm flat-chested and just mostly wear a padded bra, so I but don't really that's feel a thing. It anyway. so. <laughs> oh, yeah, you. Would, um, yeah. I, well, I've done a lot of uh, improv in bars, which is very similar to you know, yeah. bar improv is very very different than doing theatrical. Yes, improv, oh, yeah. right? yes, right. Yeah. You got to go gamey, and it's got to be jokes per yeah. minute. And uh, I used to do a lot of gigs with this woman, Ellie Harvey. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, she's yeah, a very well-known Canadian right. kind of actress. And yes. Actress. She was Morticia on the New Adams Family. Oh, okay. Yeah. And really funny, like take no bullshit kind of woman. And we were doing a moving bodies the one where we're frozen and the audience has to move Move you and then they move your arm that one okay and some some drunk turd gets up on stage and pushes her over and then Uh. grabs her by her ponytail and rips her back up to bring her back and she just looked at him and went what are you doing you fucking little nerd and then we just kicked him off the stage and kept going right it is weird because um uh i've had shows
3: out because my act is pretty dirty and pretty raunchy and it's i talk a lot about sex and stuff and so when people come up and say things to me after the show like creepy things i'm like well i kind of have to be like yeah funny because i just was up there saying that yeah stuff.
4: talking about that stuff but i've
3: had times where men grab my chest after a show they're like you're yeah, great i love your boobs like they're trying to be funny and i was like what are you Doing like they yeah. think that you have no boundaries because yeah, you have no right. boundaries on stage. That yes. oh well, I can yeah, it's yeah, so it's really weird. Yeah, I've, weird. I've and I've Dave had that. does that all the time. Really I've had that, weird. but oh. the difference
8: is I'm usually surrounded by male improvisers who, uh, okay.
4: well, they're very weak.
8: They're very weak. They're not going to help me at all. <sighs> yeah, <I'm> thinking. Oh, <laughs> <Well, laughs> <it's> people, <laughs> uh, if
4: people want to get a hold of Diana Francis. How do they do it? Do you Twitter? Do you other? I mean, you're doing the recap for the scrib
8: for the scrib. Yeah, I have a, a brand spanking new website, dianafrancis.ca. Okay, and that's Diana with one N and Francis with ES. Okay. And I do the Twitter, Diana Francis Van. Perfect. Which, now that I'm living in Toronto, I probably... I was going to ask, yeah. Yeah. Now you. Now you just say you're living in a van in Toronto. Yeah. I could just be in a van. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's, right. That's how well my career is nice. going in yeah. Toronto. Yeah,
4: there go. <laughs> Alrighty, well, all righty. Well, thanks for coming. We awesome appreciate today. it. Yes. Yes, thank
8: you. Yeah.
4: All right. When we come back from the break, we'll interview Jimmy Mack, a comedian based out of Winnipeg. So don't go anywhere as anything goes for the week of August 14th.
0: learn how to say F.U. in 52 different languages. This is Anything Goes.
2: Well, hi, this is Derek Forge of MTV Canada, and you are listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin on Sirius XM Radio.
0: guess which host wears a shirt at the gym that says, Yes, I farted. This is Anything Goes.
4: Welcome back. This is Anything Goes. And now our interview with Jimmy Mack. In the hot seat today, a comedian for many years. I haven't seen in a few. Uh, Jimmy Mack is here. Hi, Jimmy. How you doing? I'm great there. Isn't that Thanks. a better intro? That was That's a better, a way intro.
2: better <laughs> intro. See,
1: that was so yeah. positive. They're and both nice. fine. The They're both intro. fine. Second yeah.
4: intro,
2: yeah. They, they ate up 12 minutes just talking oh, about we well, should do this over be glad again. Dave
4: didn't start it. We would have had five takes.
1: My first question: do people get, how mad do you get if people say that you look a little bit like Steven Seagal? I don't care. Oh, you know? I'm not the first person to say that, right? No. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Okay, good. It's the first
2: person. To... God <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. What? Uh,
4: so, what's been going on with you these days?
2: Uh, nothing. I've just been sitting around following you on Twitter.
4: Yeah, well, that's what I want. I want more people to do that. Yeah, that's, that's what I want.
2: Uh, well, you know, here's the thing uh, you should maybe give some background. Did stand up, toured, for years, well, yeah. I mean, I just want to ask what you're doing and now, but yeah, if you're, you're I'm back not going history into it now. I'm kind of a secret agent. I carry a badge, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: But you, yeah, you were a comedian for many years. Did the road, uh, then you did um, like a breakfast television, morning television in Winnipeg, yeah. Which kind of hinders your ability. You're still going to do stand up locally, but you can't tour nationally.
2: The hardest part about doing a morning show is right. is the fact that uh, you kind of get stumped when it comes to writing new material, right? Because every day you're up at four or three thirty four, you do your show. You go and do whatever you got to do during the daytime. You do your charity work. You do your public appearances. You do everything like that. And then you just end up going to the club once in a while or a corporate booking, and you sort of rehash the same material. But you never really get a chance to write anything new like a tour. Well, yeah, comic. yeah, yeah. Every night something new can come out of your mouth.
4: Right. But how is it like in terms of – where's – how can you even do shows when you're on the morning show? Because if you're up at three thirty in the morning, you know most shows are at like nine. Corporately is different, but comedy club, you know, is like starts at nine o'clock, runs till eleven. I mean, you got to be up at three thirty in the morning the next day. I mean, that's got to. Well, your the nice thing
2: in. is I kind of sucked, so I really wasn't the headliner. I could just do my stuff and get out. Right. But, uh, right. It was, uh... <laughs> well, that's what I love about you. You're but so we have confident. A, so we, confident. We
1: worked a couple of times together. I we remember don't even know
2: this guy. You know Dave. No, Dave Dave we've ooh. worked we've worked together before. This yeah. just called me Steven Seagal, and I'm supposed to so admit I, I, I said that you look like him. He but looked like him. He said yeah. he were. He didn't produce a badge,
4: and then <laughs> we'll go <laughs> take people out. But if, you're, if, if, <laughs> if
1: you were Steven right Seagal, I'd be holy shit. We're getting good, weird, good <laughs>
4: guests. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the way to Winnipeg. <laughs> no, you're
2: not getting a good guest. He couldn't make it. That's my mirror. Yeah, yeah. He's
4: the knockoff. Uh, Rod Stewart's look like his next. Okay. Cool. Um, but uh, so, but now you're doing something very interesting, and we were gonna have, on our live show. You're hopefully gonna make an appearance, but you couldn't because explain to people uh, what you're what you're doing now. Which part? Well, the, the floods. I mean, well, okay. Well, I work like in emergency so you know, services. This, this that, show yeah, is, that's is where right across yeah. North America, yeah. Yeah. so I so don't know a lot about Winnipeg th- and this problem. That's
2: probably better. The, the thing I work in emergency services. That's uh, pretty much all I can really say about where I am right now in the organization. Right. And it was just a, a little twist and turn Turn after the breakfast show. Yeah. Uh, you leave that. They decide to go in a new direction. And you're sort of sitting there going, do I want to go on the road? It's been right. 10 years. Right. You know, since I've traveled. So you did and the morning
4: show for 10 years? 10 years. Okay, that's a long uh, time.
2: 10 years on there. And, and then you, you turn around and what do you do next? Right. And it just so happened that you make friends all over the place. And, yeah. and people know who you are. And, and it works in a public relations or media relations setting. And, and you sort of just... Change careers, right? But, but at the same time, I still maintain uh, entertaining on the evenings and, and weekends. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. I can locally yeah. or, or not too far out, it, anyway.
4: But you know, it's got to be hard though to go from you know stand up to television to. Like, to try to get back into it full time, right? Like, so you did something for 10 years, you still did stand up, I understand that. But, you know, even I'm questioning, and I haven't stopped doing it, whether I want to be 42, a full time comedian. You know what I
2: mean? I've questioned that for years. Like, like, and I and and I don't mean that in a in a bad light, right? Uh, because we've known each other for years, and you're in a different city, like Toronto. I mean, it's a big city, Vancouver's. Right. You got the big cities, uh, and there's so many more opportunities for everybody to sort of make a full time living at it. But when right. you're in Winnipeg, I, I believe you're stuck. You're just in a rut. You either have to make the move to the east, sure, or to or back to the west, or wherever you want to go. But it is a tough transition, and you sit there at 42 and 43 and go, well. Uh, Would I use the analogy like years ago? I I sort of had a, a semi career in hockey. Okay. Do I want to go to the NHL? How many people make the NHL? Not a large percentage. When right. you're looking at the comedy side of things, if you want to take Hollywood as it, yes. How many guys make it? Right. Yeah. 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 In that well, sense, so do you want to consistently stay in the minor leagues, or do or do you just want to say, well, okay, it's time to end the minor leagues and go make a you know make a real living again?
4: Well, I mean, you know, because yeah. you
2: can be happy making a living doing comedy, right? I mean, I'm not saying that you can't, right? I'm saying at one point, uh, it's like hockey—if you can play in the minor leagues and make a living on it, you're not really working, right? Because you're doing what you love to do, right? Exactly. So, but so but I, I also
4: mean, though, just energy-wise, not so much about whether you're making the money or you know uh, getting established again. Just the idea of the grind and the energy. Like I, I'm from—I'm 42 with three kids, and I'm—I'm I'm finding it really hard. To keep that energy going, because a lot of people say it's a young man's game, and I think it's a young man's game only based on energy. The second your energy starts going, it can be a really difficult grind.
2: I think as we age through the entertainment industry, right. I'm not sure it's the energy, but it, it's kind of like the old joke about the bulls, the young bull and the old bull sitting at top saying, hey, look at all the all the cows down there, let's go down there and bang one of them. And the, and the old guy says, hey, let's just walk down and bang them all. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, that's sort of where your 42 is sitting, where you're going, you know what? I don't need that energy. Right. If, if you're, like, you're a, you're a good comic. Right? right? You know you're a good comic. Right. You, you don't have to worry about these young guys coming up anymore. They have their own thing. They're like we were when we were 18. Oh, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. eighteen. Yeah. But if you maintain that positive attitude and maintain that bit of cockiness... And you're angry. Sure.
4: Oh, yeah, trust me. There's well, enough reasons who, to be angry about. Who
2: who deals with angry? Right. How many angry guys are out there? Besides, yeah. Well, me and you. There's a lot. There's yeah. a lot.
4: Unfortunately, there's a lot. No, but,
1: yeah, I mean, you can't maintain that anger, too. It's Right. Like, it's, that's that your energy. Be, be, yes. Yeah. Right? yeah,
4: anger can be an energy.
2: Like, you're a character. You portray a character. There's a little bit of reality in it. Sure. But you're still a character, and it does take that that energy. Yes. Like, a, you know, a Sam Kinison. Like, right. That's a lot of energy to yeah, do every yeah, show yeah. Or, or in... I guess when I when I did my costumes and impressions, when I well, used no, because
4: that's what I was going to go next. Yeah. You did a lot of yours was a pretty high energy show with the with the wrestling impressions and and all that stuff. You know, do you still follow wrestling now? No, and why is that? I, I
2: don't because uh, the the public ruined it, in my opinion. Ruined wrestling. I, I worked in wrestling as well. No, I, I know that's why I was going to yeah, go into this. And, and
1: Dave I,
4: is a huge wrestling fan. so this yeah, is
1: be I'm, I'm still a bit of a Oh,
2: mar- You know what? I don't watch all the pay per views. Yeah, uh, I you still believe the Undertaker really can win.
1: Oh what yes. what that his uh did I think CM Punk was going to win over the Undertaker <laughs> yeah. last mania? Uh no, I didn't yeah. think so. I thought if there was anyone that he was going to pass the torch to cuz I know that the Undertaker and it feels Mark Calloway, the real under the Undertaker's real I know that he's j- running it for me. I, I know that he, <laughs> he's not really <laughs> a, the what? Who? This is uh, the um Because I know that he actually admires CM Punk as a performer. But uh, I know it... it, Well, I mean, for me, the product let me down one too many times. And I know that they sometimes will watch the product on TV and think, oh, well, everybody thinks it's going to go this way. And so we'll swerve it this way.
2: I think that's when, when you're in a writing sense for wrestling. No. you you want to see what public perception is. Yeah, and and nine times out of ten you're going to swerve them from whatever they think is going to happen. But sometimes they surprise you and and throw whatever it is. I don't think uh, the passing the torch. This is what I mean. From uh, for why you, you said the people let yeah, you yeah, down. Pe- so explain that. Yeah, the, the public to me uh, changed it where they went and and told Vince McMahon, listen, you guys are on you know illegal substances and. And this, that, and they took the characters away because all of a sudden it became, uh, instead of Hulk Hogan, it went. Well, today Terry Bollea going into court about the steroid abuse. Right, Right. Yeah. He became Terry. Right? Oh, I see. A- and right. you went from the Warlord from Parts Unknown. I sat there and went, holy shit, where are the hell Parts Unknown? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, 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 right? yeah. yeah.
4: The fun, that's the fun part of it, yeah. That's
2: right. It was a comic setting. It was an entertainment setting. And to right. me, like you just said, Mark Calloway. Well, so for it's you, it's like because
4: he went behind the curtain and now you know who the wizard is.
2: Absolutely. The
4: whole mystique is gone for yeah. you.
2: But we, it, but we all know the soap opera script.
1: Right, I, and I guess they I mean, they had to kind of say that we're sports entertainment so they didn't have to abide by all the sort of regular sports rules. R- Rules as far as even like steroids go, and but they have a couple of Chris Benoit sort of stories, and they're like, Oh, then they have to re examine themselves and shit like that. But um, I, I, yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I sort of like the backstage, sort of behind the scenes side of it still, um, in, in just in little, in, in small uh, ways, just like when uh, I think there was the one WrestleMania that was in Toronto, uh, I think it was 18. I, Thing. The one with The Rock and Hogan. Yeah, The yeah. Rock and Hogan. Yeah, that was fantastic. It, it, that was that, that was a, uh, a a great uh, show. And then they went to Montreal, and Hogan got like an eight minute like ovation. Like they couldn't do. Like the crowd was just going so insane. And then Vince is sort of like, well, uh, well, let's put the champion, let's put the belt on Hogan after the Montreal crowd reacted. And then every anyone who knew anything about wrestling was like, well, Hogan hasn't been to Montreal in like fifteen years, so that's why they're going crazy. It's not like that's not the reason why you should put the belt on him. but It's just because they haven't seen the guy in a while. But I mean, but yeah. if
2: they put the belt on him in Montreal, right? If he wins it in Montreal, right. let's say by some twist of fate, he's out there doing an eight-minute routine yeah. and we're. Comes in from the earpiece to the referee, and they say, "Okay, take it home, boys." And this time, pull a reversal, and Hogan's taking it. Right, right. Anything can happen because the, the give them that. Right. The next night in uh, wherever they are, Atlanta, it can turn back around. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Are
4: you a UFC guy? Do you follow the UFC? No. no?
2: no. I, I've never gotten into UFC. I don't right. know why. I yeah, just, I'm, I'm uh, not. To but... me, it's like a choke out. Everything is choke, choke, choke. And right. Uh, yeah the end of it. I just,
1: well, I just can't, I can't watch boxing. Boxing to me is, is, is on, it's like a little bit too boring for I me. Think it's
2: more fixed than wrestling.
1: It's, it's well, I mean, you know, I mean, that classic Ali photo of the phantom punch, you know, um, it, it, and it's easier to throw than, uh, than like a UFC match. But then again, a UFC fighter can like tap out anytime he wants. Anytime he wants, yeah.
2: yeah. You can let your arm loose for a second and go for the armbar and it's over. Yeah. So, but, and that's sort of the, and again, but UFC to me is, that's the real deal, right? Yeah. And if you want... Uh, it's almost like the characters have disappeared in wrestling. Like you're saying, I know Mark Calloway will use The Undertaker as an example. So now it just becomes instead of two characters going and fighting each other, or wrestling each other, it's just uh, here's Jimmy Mack and Darren Frost there's no excitement it's like right. the warlord versus the road warriors yeah
1: right? i i always i was amazed at when they would say parts unknown too i was sort of like oh my god they,
2: they just <laughs>
1: they asked him where he's from and he wouldn't tell them that's amazing <laughs> and they're still letting the, and when they would <laughs> always they say send the check yeah <laughs> i was always like and they would say wait unknown i was like well, how could they can't even get him on a scale
2: this guy's insane
1: <laughs> yeah. i um but i mean but,
4: uh, dave i always borrow the documentaries off dave for all the wrestling cuz i don't follow wrestling but I still love the documentaries of the, from the classic era, at least documents about those um, wrestlers, because the it's almost like watching a, a documentary about stand up. In a lot of ways, a lot of ways their life or their livelihood is tied very much to the way our livelihood is. You go into another town, you pretty much hang out with the other performers because you don't know anyone. Sometimes there's too much drugs going around to keep you going to the next show and. It's some some sadness and depression and you know what's happening. You're always
2: alone. You're away from family. You're technically away from. I mean, you have friends on the road, but yeah, uh, it's like I'll use. Uh, well, we're sitting here today. We just pick up where we left off from Toronto twelve sure. years ago. Right. You know, you have those friends, and they're always good friends that'll be there. But you do miss that family and friendship at home. Yeah. And the other thing too, that wrestling. When you think about, you just said the stand-up part of it. Like, how many gigs did we do when we started? And you're going, holy shit, I just made 50 bucks tonight. Yeah, yeah I know. Right? Yeah. Like, these guys, it's the same thing, It's right? the exact same thing, yeah. <laughs> and, and the only thing is, I mean, uh, as a stand-up, we have to sit and die on stage in some of those hell gigs for, for whatever it is. And these guys have to go to the next town and not get hurt. That's the magical part of the Right, yeah, wrestling. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're professional tumblers, I'd say, and they have to learn how to not hurt each other because tomorrow you got to do it again for another 50 bucks. I know.
1: Well, I'm, I mean, it's it's an amazing story because, yeah, they used to have these sort of, like, little trap traveling shows, and they would have, like, wrestling matches there, and I think for a while, the guys actually fought each other, and then at one point, they were like, well, hey, if we have to go to another town, why don't we just sort of work together and just put on a a, a show, and then, because I know, like, uh, then then we we can have a long, because it was sort of like a UFC fighter, he's lucky if he can be into his, like, late 30s. But oh, I mean, like a guy like Hogan. And a half taking. Right. right, and then like a, about a guy like Hogan's like fifty three or something like that, or if not older. Oh, he's, well, older, 53. he's older than fifty three.
2: I think he's close to the six
1: zero. Yeah, he's, he's got to be. Again. Yeah,
2: he's got. If be I can close. be in that shape when I'm sixty, that'll be. Yeah, sick. no, exactly. It's impressive. <laughs> yeah.
4: Because what's sad is you look at the other side of that. Most are not like Hogan. No. Most are you know batted down, broken drug-dependent because of years of, you know, uh, pulling their muscles or breaking things and addictions. And, you know, they're coming out the other side where the fame isn't there anymore, but they still have all these problems.
2: And, and they bring them in. And the sad part is sometimes, like, the, the local wrestling here will bring in, uh, like, uh, Vader is coming in, I think, right. this weekend or right. next week. And you see these guys. And they're just almost shadows of their former self. But right. uh, I find more people in those in those shows locally they just love him, like Honky Tonk Man was here. He just oh, yeah, blast here and he. Well, it's still... like it's
1: nostalgia. It's it's some yeah. part of your childhood. I mean, what I at the XM Studios, I got a chance to like we. I ran into Roddy Piper, and I was like my I was like nervous cause, I mean you know, and I and I've seen I've seen like there was a time uh, in Toronto there was like a movie being shot and uh, who was it Kevin Pollak? Yep, did yeah, a yeah. set did a set at the Rivoli. And then I see Kevin Pollock walk by, and everyone's like, "Oh my god! Did you see? Oh my god!" And then, but then, then there's the comic in me that's like, I I know what Kevin Pollak had to do to get to where he is, yeah. And and so that doesn't impress me. But then I meet Roddy Piper, I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like it was like meeting a cartoon character. Absolutely. It was like, I, I, well,
2: that, they they suspend your your real beliefs right for just that split second, and you believe that that's real. Like the I guess the classic one for me that I, when I first started wrestling, watching wrestling as a kid. Was uh, the Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat? He jumped off the off the top rope and clacked you know, cracked him with the bell in the throat. And you're like, holy crap! Yeah, this yeah. is ridiculous. Like, yeah, this is not good. This guy's a maniac. Yeah, <laughs> and you believe that. So when I first met Randy Savage, I just didn't know what to do. Here I am, like a you know a 35 year old uh, little kid. All of a sudden, like you're just. My God, is Randy Savage?
1: I know. It's yeah. You, you almost want to be like, okay, come on, Dave, be cool, be cool. <laughs> he's, just, he's just a guy. He's just a guy. Yeah. Dave,
4: Dave, you're like that when you go to the variety store. He's <laughs> like buying buying something. Just be cool. Be Look, cool, Dave. Chips. Yeah. Just be cool, Dave. <laughs>
1: Mr. Piper, sir. You don't even know what to say. But to I mean, guy. even yeah. me, I
4: watched wrestling when I was a kid. So yeah, if I saw them, it'd be a little different than seeing some other celebrity because anything tied to your childhood, you looked at it with a different set of eyes than you do now. That's right. you know it's. It kind of fucks with your head a bit.
1: Well, that's like the whole like uh, when the Phantom Menace came out, and everyone was comparing it to Star Wars. But you're never, you're never gonna see, you're never gonna see a movie like you did when you first saw it when you were like seven or eight years old, right? Because you're just, oh my god, kids love the
4: Phantom Menace. People forget that Star Wars was made for you know nine to twelve year olds, and adults loved it at the time, but they forget that was the core demographic. Like my kids love the Phantom Menace.
1: Yeah, well, but also it's. There, I don't think there was a movie like Star Wars that had come out at that point, so that's no. why adults had kind of gotten yeah. kinda got on board too. Right. I
2: don't care what they are. My only complaint about the new Star Wars is that if they're if they're the previous from the originals, mm-hmm. right, their technology is better.
4: Well, yeah, That's yeah. what I always CGI say. CGI-wise
2: well, and... Yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous, right? Yeah. He's got a better lightsaber than he does in the future. Oh, I see what are that happen? Yeah, actual technology <laughs> yeah, inside the, the Variac, movie. Yeah, the actual Not, movie, not CGI, not but you're CG, talking yeah. about what they have yeah.
4: access to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah their weapons are yeah. better in the... What yeah. happened? Did they just
2: throw them down? We need worse yeah. ones than these. This is bullshit. I <laughs> want <laughs> that old lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. Bullshit. Leia, this is bullshit, <laughs>
1: it! What kind of documentary is this? Fuck.
2: Air I
4: Chewy fucked place.
1: The, um... But uh, yeah, no, I because I, I remember you yeah bringing up the uh, the wrestling. I forget what club that we were at. Probably been, Ajax. You played Ajax a lot.
2: Lots, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bear, uh, Bear, I just Bear, talked the, to uh, former owner Steve Maniardi uh, two days ago. Oh yeah, he's on the road yeah, touring. He's a great. We keep
4: trying to get him in here to you know just talk about the road and yeah. being uh, the road manager for bands and stuff. Yeah, we're the, gonna make it happen. Wait, who, who's this? It's old Steve from the Ajax Comedy Club. He now is like a tour manager, and he, you know, a tour manager, road manager for like Ronnie James Dio. Oh, okay. I yeah. told you before. Right, to right, right, right. Oh, right, right, right. I remember
2: that. Yeah. I think the last time he, the last tour he came through in Winnipeg was Ozzy's tour. Yeah. I think it was,
4: or it might have been Dream Theater, because I know he. Oh yeah, made, maybe big, you're right. Tour
2: yeah. Theater,
1: so. I,
4: I bet people still have that
1: same reaction if they went to go and see Kiss now, and if they saw like a whole bunch of old, if they saw Kiss like back in the '70s and early '80s and stuff. I guess I to be, because if if you watch the old seventies footage, Gene Simmons' makeup actually looks better now. He actually the, like the the demon character right, right. looks better now. But uh, he doesn't. No, <laughs> well, no, no. <laughs> so that's that's actually kind of the kind of neat thing about Kiss is like when you go see them, they basically look the same as you did as they did when when you if you saw them that when mean, you were just, growing up.
2: Just saying that, well, like if you think about that, like it's. Uh, the makeup does wonders, right? Right. Now just think about all the women, Frosty, that you had on the road. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All the, that makeup. Yep. Now they're 90, but hey, with makeup. <laughs> yes. You're in. Well, they especially Kiss makeup too. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, she shows up in Kiss makeup. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, it yeah, up. Yeah, there'll be some rustling um, in the Well, old we're, band. we're
4: well, almost out of time, Dave, so the, go ahead. One well last one. the one thing was
1: like, uh, well Kiss was another one of those bands too. It was like, I remember uh my cousin that I hadn't seen in like 20 years. We ran into him uh, here while we're in Winnipeg and uh I just dimly really remember that like when he was talking about his band Kiss. Um, where his favorite band kiss was... uh, He was like, you know what? Apparently nobody's ever seen them without their makeup on. Like, uh, only their parents. And I was like, well... When was this? Well, this was like... uh, Seventy-eight or well, no, there was a period. Yeah, there was a period. They were well hidden. Yeah, they. they, and,
4: uh, And especially back then, what would happen is it wasn't like paparazzi. There was only like certain photographers, and there was a code. And as you fucking, if you broke that code, you would not be have access because it was such a closed kind of system back then, is that it, they would be cock-blocked from any other future rock pictures or any shows. There was a lot of kind of that going we, on.
2: We could use uh, maybe the terminology honor amongst thieves right, at yes, one point in yes. Time. Yes. You know, They were exclusive photographers of Kiss. Yes. Right. Is
1: yeah. Slipknot like that? Like the band Slipknot, well, they are um, not seen you, out of their masks very much.
4: Uh, I think Corey Taylor has been seen because he's in another band. People know that, but right. I don't know about the other Slipknot people. I don't know. I'm not a big Slipknot fan. I don't follow it. So. No, I don't, I don't
2: either. Know what I you guys are talking about
4: Who, the, <laughs> how, could you,
2: how would you describe Slipknot? Here. I I get get out of here Slipknot.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, we're almost out of time. But are you on Twitter? Are you even on Twitter? Yeah. You are. What's your Twitter well, yeah, handle? You, so that's all I don't know,
2: Just Winnipeg Mac. So
4: many people at this festival aren't on Twitter. That's why I keep being what do you surprised. Mean? Really? Like I'm not, not even, even a on comic comics. anymore, yeah. and
2: I'm on Twitter
1: for
4: crazy. Yesterday, sakes. when we were taping, a couple people said, "Yeah, I'm not even on Twitter." You
1: know what's funny is like, there's a, I know that a, there's been a, a couple of comics that I've talked to that I actually have said, uh, "I don't know if I'm ready for Twitter yet as a comic." <laughs> I'm just sort of like,
2: we're just getting into the Facebook yeah. ready. Yeah.
1: Well, no, I've, I've got to get
2: up and put makeup on to use Twitter. <laughs> no, but I know, know I'm
1: just saying that it's just it seems like a weird thing that where some people are sort of like, "No, I've done my first set. I'm going to put it on YouTube and and right. I've." the world to see this and then some people are like no I want to just sort of stay in the shadows until I get better.
2: I'll just say the only thing that for for my own particular Twitter right it's not right. necessarily bits and whatever yeah. but even on, from the breakfast show perspective I still have a lot of like people that still gonna wonder why I'm not back on air right. or doing what I... I enjoy doing what I'm doing now. Sure. Uh, the only thing with the Twitter is I get so many people asking for, like, some kind of ranting or bitching because that's sort of what I started doing on the TV show. Right? Okay. So uh, when you get there, and it's a lot of hockey stuff because I've sort of... That's the other reason I... Don't like those morning shows. It took me away from a lot of hockey. I play with the NHL alumni. Yeah, I know the, you love. I know you love hockey, right? The Detroit yeah. Red Wings alumni. I tour with them, and then the other team, the, the Jets alumni. So I do a lot of hockey. I do a lot of goaltending coaching now and, and instructing. And you so, like
4: MCs at some of these events? Are you uh, ever do that stuff?
2: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, even in the city now. Like I, last year, I done things for the Bombers. I fill in for the Jets if they need something. Right. So I still have fun here in the yeah. city. Yeah. No,
4: but I mean on these uh, like hockey conventions or anything because they always have a like, oh. Do you like MCing them. Or, no, you know, I'll just play, to in the the players. Yeah, just play the game. Yeah, I just game, play, so, had their
2: okay. goalie for their game, so it's it's a lot of fun playing with those guys, too. All right,
4: well, thanks for coming by, Jimmy. It's been a hey, long thanks time. thanks for
1: having me. Yeah, yeah appreciate good. it. Very cool. All oh, right, that was our interview that we did out of Darren's hotel room yeah. uh, f- with uh, Jimmy Mack. Um and uh, I like you know, we, f- comic we, number fifteen. We, we, yeah, you know. we, ch- we chatted about uh, wrestling and a whole bunch yeah. of other crazy shit. Wrestling and comedy. Um,
4: he's not really in comedy much these days. He's taking tooken- taking a bit of a break, but now he's kind of coming back. But I
1: think everybody's uh, will. Uh, Everyone will bend if someone hands them a corporate thing of like, "Hey, come and talk to him, do some corporate sure, uh, comedy and sure. shit like that." Yeah, but he's like, uh, but he's all over the place in uh, in uh, Manitoba, isn't he? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. all over the place. Uh, did we? Ha- w- can we get to anything before? Not we Not really. Have to
4: th- Not really. What was
1: your Justin Bieber thing about him? Well, sp- I'm
4: just saying he's gone crazy the last couple of weeks, hasn't he? Well, you know, I don't think he that's- pissing in a bucket and then being on that clip being on YouTube and he's- then spitting on his fan. Well, I don't and, think he
1: was spitting. He was talking to Loogie over the balcony. I don't know right. if he was necessarily like, I hate you guys. I'm spitting Well, on no, you.
4: but I think he knew that people were under there.
1: Yeah, I, it's... Yeah, but I think some of those girls are almost like, "Oh, I'd like to get." No, I think see, that's yeah. close to sex for them. Isn't is Justin it? Bieber spitting, spitting on them? On, yeah, I don't know. Well, they're sort of like, "Oh, maybe one day this will become <laughs> over oh, Justin." Be- oh, but- Victoria's
4: now pretending to jerk off in yeah. the air. Well, that's one of the Russian Olympic events. Too. Yeah, they're jerking off. That's uh, it's right, like the know? shot put, but yeah. it's like
1: you see how far you can throw right. your uh, your your man seed. Yeah, or your woman's seed. Yeah. Do
4: you ever... Oh, let me tell you, if we all start boycotting the Olympics, they're going to have to make up their own events for them to win, and that might be one.
1: I don't think they can... I think the these are the summer up. Olympics in, in Russia, right? No, I was going to say the winter ones would affect sort of... The, Isn't it
4: winter? It's winter. Winter, it's winter? Olympics, yeah. Oh, well, then we should
1: start stop complaining now and just worry about that shit later on.
6: Guys, there's no snow in Sochi. I don't know how they're going to handle the uh, Olympics. Well,
1: yeah. You might as well say Narnia when you're talking about places. I only, I know Moscow, and that's it. Oh, and Siberia. That's the other yeah. one I know.
4: And uh, Chernobyl. Yeah, Chernobyl. Yeah, Chernobyl. Yeah, yeah, I know that one. They
1: should have the Olympics there. Yeah. I saw that Chernobyl Diaries movie. That was that was pretty wild. That's a warm-up to the Olympics. Yeah. yeah.
4: A lot of running in that one.
1: Right. <laughs> from all those weird humanoid beasts that were created after the blast
4: Uh, well that is the show I want to thank our guest Diane Francis and Jimmy Mack Uh, we'll be back next week they didn't even have to show up I know they didn't have to show up we did back fucking in Winnipeg Uh, but uh, my new DVD is coming out September 1st Emotional Terrorism will be out and all my tour dates will be coming from September to January I'm pretty much booked up in uh, a cross country tour David is on some of those dates we'll be doing some of the anything goes hopefully live shows in in that period of time so go to my website comedy for more information
1: and then i'm also going to be in the east coast of canada doing shows at the clubs in st john's and in Halvax, and i might be stumbling uh, around in uh, pei for a couple of days just having fun on vacation and stuff but uh, uh thank you for listening uh be good to your each other and as we say in toronto
0: fuck the police <laughs> that's it for this week anything goes wants to thank victoria for producing the show and George Westerholm for the music used. Follow the hosts on Twitter at Comedy Horror, at Dave Martin World. Download new episodes every week on iTunes. Join the Facebook group and follow the show on Twitter at Anything Goes Hot. Anything Goes hopes you laugh, cry, and learn something. Come back next week. And until then, take it easy.
1: You know what we didn't do? You didn't do
4: the War Now thing. You didn't bring it up.
1: I didn't bring that up. I didn't didn't know where it was going to go, so. Um, Now what? uh, Well, now we just do the one for John Duff. Okay. We didn't, uh, you know what, we didn't even remind people to vote for us uh, for the uh, Canadian Comedy Award. I'll mention that at the beginning of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, actually, there was one other point that I was going to bring up, too. So Uh, I'll start this, and then I'll give it
4: over to you. Okay. Hey everybody, welcome to the additional interviews on the tail end of an episode of Anything Goes. Uh, This week we did a long interview with a comedian out of Winnipeg called John Duff. And uh, now we're going to play that for you. And also, David wanted to make a certain point. Oh I, well,
1: I don't know if it was a point that I wanted to make. I uh, recently um, uh, did the Owl uh, Show. Went oh, down right. to the main studios and okay. did the Owl Show. That was a, I was a fun time. Actually, there was a funny kind of awkward moment uh, where uh, the Snake from Degrassi and was was a guest was, was a show. guest on their show. Right. And uh, Allison had a very awkward moment where she asked Snake. Uh, well, his name's what? What's his real name? I it's don't a, know. It's Stefan something. Yeah. Or Stefan. uh, Nice guy. Very, very nice guy. guy. Directs a lot of Canadian TV and stuff. And she asked him if there was going to be a Zit Remedy reunion. Uh, For those who don't remember, Zit Remedy was the band that Snake, Joey, and Wheels had on Degrassi. Right. And uh, Allison seemed to have forgotten Forgotten that um, Wheels Wheels had had died in a... a few years ago, right? Yeah, it was yeah. a, and it was like an overdose in Hamilton, and apparently was, they didn't. Yeah, find it wasn't him a good thing. A, wasn't no, a good well, thing. Obviously, it's never a good. No, thing. No, I'm just saying in but, terms yeah. of it
4: wasn't like a natural or a heart attack. It was some kind of, you know, it, not a good. Situation. Apparently, it was
1: an overdose, and they didn't find him for a couple of days, right? But she forgotten that he died, and then so uh, Snake reminded her that on the uh, reminded on the her of that on the air, and then I um, later asked Allison, uh, uh, how could she uh, forgotten that? And then I was told her that. Uh, so I was like, Allison, were you? I was waiting for you to ask if the kids from Degrassi are going to go and, and have a, a trip where they visit the World Trade Center. Right. Just of all the things that you you know, think a Degrassi <laughs> fan would. Uh. But that was actually the uh, Graham Chitten, who's uh, been a previous uh, guest yes. on our show. Yep. he told me one of the funniest moments um, uh, when someone uh, has interviewed on uh, the uh, the Showtown show in uh, for MTV. He said that uh, Paul, the intern, was interviewing. Um, What was the Ronnie from the Jersey Shore? You know, the big muscle head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, uh, Paul the intern asked Ronnie uh, if you had to fight anyone in the world, living or dead, who would that be? And then a long pause from Ronnie, and he said, living. (laughs) <laughs> so he actually literally thought, dude, yeah. if you had to fight a living person or a dead person, yeah. and consider, and yeah. then he was considerate because he thought, you know what, I think I'd like to fight someone alive.
4: Well, to be honest, depending on how that head. that yeah. worded, he that might have been the right answer.
1: Yeah, but you're still a fucking dummy if you think that someone know, is proposing a I know, question of I like, know, but hey, would you like we to We weren't there.
4: We gym- don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we weren't there. We weren't
4: there, David. We weren't there. Don't
1: give a fucking, a fucking juice head from the Jersey Shore hey, the benefit Hey, if of the I doubt. wasn't
4: there, I don't know how it was asked. He may have been set up. You know, what we you don't know. What we you don't you think know? the
1: phrasing and the tone and what the is going to make— It might is, is have been. Make, oh, all right, okay. It
4: might have been. All right, well, you're i I'm a defender of the of the, week, of the
1: Jersey Shores. And
4: any of them, right. I'll defend.
1: Well— Okay, okay, you're in Ronnie's good books now. Yeah.
4: Can we go to John Duff now?
1: All right, here's a, a little chunk of uh, an interview. No, this is the whole interview that we yes. did with John Duff out of the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. Extra
4: bits on anything else. Besides, and our interview guest this week is uh, John B. Duff, uh, Winnipeg-based comedian. Welcome to the show, John.
7: Hey, thanks for having me, guys. What
3: does the B stand for? Bremner. Woo!
7: Yeah, it's not a name you hear too often. No, I was
3: I was expecting like or
7: No, it's Bremner, Scottish uh, father uh, named after a friend of his. That's it. Nothing really uh, too exciting about that. But and this is how many
4: how many times have you been at this fest now? It's your fourth time. This is fourth time I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what shows are you doing this week?
7: Uh, I've I'm finished except for tomorrow I'm doing the Dark and Stormy show with the Met that one's going to be great. Oh, that's Saturday. Oh, Saturday. Okay, so yeah, right, Saturday, you're on with yeah. uh, Kathleen and Dave. Oh, you guys are both on that. Yeah, one? yeah we're yeah, doing yeah. that yeah. one too. Great.
4: Now, is is that something that I haven't seen very much of your stand up. I've seen some. Yeah. So, uh, I know the Dark and Stormy is a dirty show. Is this something that you're Moving to are you a uh, kind of yeah, a dark I don't and stormy guy
7: I don't oh uh, oh I, I see radio <laughs> I don't uh, you know right. get the corporate clean work right but that you know I just stay true to the things that I find funny right and they okay. tend to be darker and so stormier, this is that's so. more your are wow. wow. sure, yeah the, uh, right what we are like that's what yeah, I'm yeah, like. yeah. That's I don't me. like to be called a dirty comic and get pigeonholed that way because no. I mean not everything that I see, comes out of my mouth is is filthy but you know that's I find those things funny to, you know those uh,
5: well, even they're only... not
7: all scatological either it's just like darker you know I've had cancer. Times and that plays pretty heavily into my uh, act quite often. But
4: what um, the CBC crowd doesn't like the cancer jokes, <laughs>
7: yeah, not so much. Wow, what kind have you had? uh colon three times yeah Whoa. and then the second time it took half my stomach with it as well what?
1: so yeah. uh, you, so what how, what's the size of your stomach now do you
7: uh, uh it the thing is it stretches after a while. so i right. i can eat a normal meal again but okay. after that surgery i couldn't really eat too much i would eat small portions i lost like 65 pounds sure though, okay but uh well me now i i have never to be honest i've never looked better than i did after the second one where right. i lost half my stomach yeah. i was fucking hot people are like did you get a lap band what happened <laughs> yeah. pay for that yeah people pay for yeah. God bless you and your cancer. <laughs> yeah.
3: Sure. Your cancer made you super hot.
7: I was. Yeah. yeah. I've never looked better.
3: That's just like bulimia. Bulimia is such a horrible disease, but all the bulimics are so hot. Yeah,
7: the side effects are good. <laughs> right? oh, it's so. Good. I think that's not,
1: that's well, The side effects of bulimia. Well, there's the fact that I think you that's lose weight. that's why you do it. Yeah, yeah. of course. That's, that doesn't that doesn't call me it, make it a side effect though. I guess not. Yeah.
7: So it's, that's the effect. Yeah, those uh, are things aren't mutually exclusive right. to each other. I think one makes the other work. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. You're yeah. right.
4: What uh, now? Being here in Winnipeg, and we this sort of for Kathleen and David, it's their first time here. Okay, it's my my second time here. Uh, as a
3: comic, I've been I, here I, before. I have I've never been
4: here, so
1: I hope I get to see more than just like outside the hotel rooms. But yeah, uh, I'm, I I'd like to get around, but then I just don't know where. It's a great city okay. for
7: arts, but if just to like do anything, like, you know, oh, I'm bored, let's go do something. Yeah, I find even as living here, there's not a lot to do. You know, you go to a movie or. I think that's why we're all, all alcoholics here, because that's really all there is to do. Just <laughs> like drink. Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. What's
4: What's the music scene like in this town? I mean, it's to me, it's always uh, Winnipeg is always viewed as a kind of a rock and roll town. It, it totally uh, is.
7: Yeah. Is it still that way? Yeah, for sure. You can go see live music every night. Um, uh, not all of it's good, but that's true of any oh, city yeah. anywhere. Right. I mean, of so course. it's going to be the case, right? But uh, no, we produce some really good stuff. Uh, weaker than, as you know, are from here. Yes. Yeah. I love the Weaker Thans. Imaginary lands. cities from here, propaganda. Like, there's a lot of, you know, decent sort of indie bands that you'd, you know, put in the broad quotations. But,
4: but. there's no, like, uh, museum of uh, of music in no. this province, in just the city.
7: Burton Cummings basement. That's about it. I know. <laughs> I,
4: like, you have the Burton Cummings Theater, yeah. I guess. That's Is this part mustache of... somewhere on yeah.
3: the
7: wall?
4: Yeah. Just yeah. floats in the sky during pride. <laughs> yeah. But there's there is no uh, I'm, I was
7: really shocked by that. Yeah, no, not to my knowledge. I don't. I can't think of one. If there is one, uh, yeah. Why don't they listeners do? Listeners call in and let us know.
4: Canadian Music Hall of Fame.
3: The oh, well, there, is, well, there there is that. There,
7: there is that. that.
4: Just provincially, I mean, you know, the the Guess Who is a, a, a you know a right. major part of our music history.
7: Yeah. Yeah, they were the biggest band in the world at their time, you know. Right. And you know, some four kids from Winnipeg—that's quite an accomplishment.
4: Yeah. Now, were you forced as a young child to listen to Guess Who albums over and over again <laughs> no, not forced, during history I would class? Say. No. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't required. <laughs> Three ask more Guess Who. What? Uh, how long
1: have you My been? My
7: parents doing? are mad at me. You only got a C plus in these eyes. <laughs>
3: Didn't you come to Edmonton and do Funniest Person with a Day Job?
7: No, I didn't do Funniest Person, but we have met. Um, I know I met I, you
3: at the comic strip a long time ago. A
7: long time ago. You and Power Man had just done a set, I think. I had gone through with, I was doing a West, Midwestern uh, tour with uh, another comic named Keener, who's a friend of mine. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Uh, we didn't stop in Edmonton, stop in Jasper. And yeah, that's where we ran into each other. I wondered if you'd remember that or not. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah at yeah. the strip. Yeah, I'm good friends with Lars and I know Dino pretty well. Yeah. Rick. Yeah, everyone it's a, it's a always asks me
3: how do you get in at the club and i'm like you live in edmonton yeah they really only book edmonton guys for the opening meal. like once in a while like a, a friend of rick like tony vendetti comes out and plays it sometimes and, yeah but yeah. yeah it's 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 uh
7: yeah well like i said i have a decent relationship with both rick and dino and we i know book dino book basically you. runs the club and yeah I, I, all, all it sure. takes is a phone call every time i've been through it's that easy so yeah I mean, that's what it is to just make these little connections like these the ones we're having right now you right know? And you that's so just you're just a business I don't think that's
3: if you're in Winnipeg you're not like there's no yuck yucks in Winnipeg. So No,
7: I mean there was I don't think uh, uh, he's interested in coming back, although yeah. after Ross died there was talk uh, Ross Rumberg who ran rumors right. there was talk that maybe you know Breslin might come back but you know that's been years now and nothing's come of it so
3: so you're just mostly independent you book yourself or do you yeah have...
7: no i run uh three different rooms here uh in the city outside of rumors because again i'm not you know they're corporate they're that's what they're, right. looking that's, for, that's so. what they're right. their clientele they, right. they're, yeah. they're catering to that yes they're a corporate clean club for sure yeah. so i mean i've done time there i won the funniest person at that club um, it didn't really do much for me, uh, with, through them. Right. You know, I have a good relationship with Tyler, but I, you know, I'm just, I don't, I'm not a good fit there. You yeah. Know? So, right. um, you know, I do my middle spots there sometimes and I just try to really reel it in when I'm there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, could it,
1: could could you guys support like another club like uh, if if so, like, came in? Well,
7: the way I look at it is like a city the size of Austin, Texas, which is about the same uh, size in terms of population, has five clubs. So yeah, you know it's a real hotbed. For yeah, a but I mean
4: comics. you're, you're compar- like Austin has always been a yeah. town that kind of goes out and supports live entertainment. I'm not saying Winnipeg isn't that way, right? But, but I mean economically, I wonder as well compared Winnipeg to Austin. Well,
7: economically, Edmonton's how big? They're a mill plus.
3: Uh yeah, it's it's like over a million, like probably one point five. And
7: there's five clubs there, I think, right? So well, we're about six, seven hundred thousand. I think we can handle two. There's you no five. No, there I, like I didn't that. know
4: Winnipeg is that. Are you counting surrounding area in that seven hundred thousand? No, yeah,
7: we're just that's the Winnipeg greater. Okay, area. Okay, I didn't that's know it was that the, big. I thought yeah. it was more three four. Okay, no, no, no. We're Would you about ever?
4: Six, would you ever open a comedy club?
3: Is that something you'd it's, be into? Listen,
7: if I had the money, I'd do it tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, my background no, is no. You in,
4: don't. Don't say that. You
7: don't uh, want to do that. You don't. But you said you on. ran
3: a restaurant. He's I was just about it. to say, no. yeah. I mean, yeah. I
7: have a, a background in food and beverage sales. Sure. Like, you know, I'm a chef, and so that end of it, I know a lot of comics. Yeah, right. From having traveled all over the place, and it made a lot of great connections. Um, so booking it, I could handle myself. Um, I would love it. I would. I yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, just yeah. I mean, why is it you know so somebody bad? With, uh, oh, Maybe we'll, we'll talk to with, Rick. Uh, <laughs> why would
3: Why is it so bad that he might want to own a comedy club?
4: Well, how many people have we met that we like who then <laughs> go and open a comedy club and lose their shirt? And then they're, they're you know they, it's not, not the easiest
7: business to to do. No,
3: but that's why. I guess not, but I mean, like, if you look my at someone like would Rick Bronson, be based he's off like,
7: well, or more like um, Jason in uh, Jason Ottawa. And, yeah, Jason the, and
3: Rick are both comics, and both of their yeah. clubs are thriving. And Rick is expanding, to Toronto, and Jason is expanding.
7: I haven't been to the Toronto club, but the Ottawa one is absolute. In Ottawa, is one yeah. of my favorite places to play. Period. I yeah. like the size of the room. And, yes,
4: but uh, that's an anomaly, and it's a situation in Ottawa that's a very kind of weird situation. I don't know what happened. In, in terms of, for some reason, cosmically, uh, the energy in that room just produces this kind of euphoric uh, audience member, and a lot of that is what Jason does, don't get me wrong, he yeah. runs a very good ship, yeah. but um, I don't think the same thing happens in Toronto as it does in Ottawa, so I think it's just a unique situation of a town. Right. Um, the other comedy club in that town kind of was asleep at the wheel, whereas in Toronto your entertainment dollar is a little tougher, yeah. so um, Winnipeg might be the same. How uh, is
7: the Absolute Club going in Toronto? Is it game? It's doing well. It's, it's a doing, really is- nice looking club it's it a nice club like it a it's, do, it's to play. doing
4: well it just doesn't produce that same like when you talk to comics they're like oh ottawa absolute that's where yeah. you want to perform yeah everybody kills there which in my opinion is not a good thing as a do. comic uh, as an audience member you want to go see a show that's going to do well so yeah. i get it from a business standpoint
7: why do you think it's not a good thing for a comic to because go then it produces
4: slice? a level of douchebagness in comics Who oh, yeah, 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 think yeah. that yeah. they're amazing because they can kill in one room
7: yeah so what, you can kill in one room. So you mean, just mean specifically developing in, a, in that yes, club, not yes, as a yes. comic that comes through. That's what through. I said, not oh, as a yeah, business yeah. Right, right. and
4: not as an audience member. Yeah. My only problem is with that is that it produces douchebagness in comics, yeah. which is separate. But there is some kind of thing that goes on in Ottawa which produces this crowd that just loves it. Yeah. But that's not replicated in Toronto uh, the same, to the same degree. Right. Audiences still love. Absolute. Is it a high
7: density club in Toronto like it is in Ottawa? Like that, uh, that, that absolute in it's Ottawa about, is so tight. That, it's like,
4: about. This, it's very low yeah, ceilings. Yeah. It's very, yeah. there's a
3: couple. There's a little. I His think it's a bigger, works, but, For sure. Like nothing yeah,
7: against the Comic Strip, but I find there's a lot of empty. It's a big. It's like it's a, a, a cavernous space. place. A big space. Yeah. So you're your laughs of... Don't kinda, yeah. In Minnesota. Right. Yeah. But um. Which place in Minnesota? House of Comedy. Rick oh, owns okay. that as well. Oh. Okay. But the like the Acme Club in Minnesota in Minneapolis. That's another amazing place because it's so tight. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's not that last. Can't see, I think else, that but forward.
3: if I I would love to see you open a club in Winnipeg because yeah. you don't have, and it's not that Rumors has a bad act, but I could never play Rumors. They right. would never want me there because it's right. just not my kind of club. But you could bring in the the acts that, and it's clear well, it's an from being in Winnipeg club, we, yeah. when we taped our live episode here. We were talking about this. We were talking about you know there there are people that want to see edgy, real comedy.
4: Winnipeg, yeah. it's a rock and roll town. Yeah, I mean it's kind of ridiculous to me that the, that it takes a festival to have to bring in a certain kind of comedy. But I mean, th-
7: well, there's a lot of old money here. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's sure. A lot of there's th- that generational gap where like all those so, kind of old blue haired conservatives yeah. are dying off and and you being know, replaced and, by younger. And, exactly right. Yeah. So I'm 46. I'm in that in that right. you know that age group that's you know be taking over next, so to speak. I mean, if you were to open
4: a club, I think if you open up like a hundred seater or something,
3: yeah, that's all I think, I'm looking for. Yeah. yeah,
7: like a little black box type of thing. Right. You know? Yeah. If yeah. I had money,
3: I would give you money right now because I believe that it would be super successful. I here. think
7: it would too. And I, I like, the, I don't know if he's changed it, but when Jace first opened in Ottawa, mm-hmm. he was only doing I think Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. It wasn't uh, you know seven, seven days, days a week, week club. Yeah.
4: Oh no, no. Well, Yakex no. doesn't yeah. even do and seven it, days a week.
7: Are they still doing that? I mean, Yacht Yacht I think that's the best model. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to do it? But you know,
4: you start with the problem is the '80s and '90s produces idea of let's have a 300-seat venue yeah, and yeah. that way we can just bring, make all money and we right. got to bring in big names, which then, of course, is big risk because if you have a weekend where you bring in a big name and the store, a snowstorm hits or something happens right. and you can't fill it, you're fucked. Yeah. Um, I think the model of that 100, like in Kitchener Ontario, they have a great model where it's a room in a bar that's off the side. So it only seats 110 people and they're all comedy fans and it's an amazing room. And I've had shows in front of 60 people there that was better than in front of 250 people in Edmonton. Right. Because it's, you know, it's kind of run a certain way. And that's what I would like to see more clubs at that kind of level of 100 and 110, almost like that New York City kind of yeah. smaller vibe.
7: Like the cellar, yeah. The, yeah. The, all three rooms that I run here exactly that. We don't like having more than like the cheers, one of the venues I run um, yep. last night. And, you know, the curtain was great off one. that area. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice little tight, intimate little space. It, yeah, it works. But the crowd you know, it really great. works. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But I think because. I don't think it's it's good for a scene to have a club that restricts comedy. And I've, rumors restricts comedy. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Well, I think it's a bad thing anyway. They'll probably hate me for saying this, but... Uh, every scene needs a club that will allow anything to happen at it, whether right. it's a clean comedy, whether it's dirty, whatever. And that's what well, Winnipeg doesn't have. And they have. don't even
7: offer it internally as an exactly. option. You know what I mean? They don't have their dirty night, or they don't exactly. have their anything goes night, or they don't yeah. they don't have theme nights there. You know? Yeah. Like once, they a, bring,
4: once a month, we bring. But in, they do bring in dirty comics there.
7: Yeah, the, uh, guys that don't—they're uh, not going to out of the gates be dirty, but you know, once like they gain the confidence coming. of the room, yeah, well, yeah, which is surprising that I,
3: when he said he was playing rumors, I was like, what?
7: Yeah, I was blown away. To you see it as well, yeah, yeah.
3: But he also has a huge following that will come out to his shows, yeah. And I think any club would be dumb to not book, but Ari like also
7: that. isn't just like the amazing racist or you know, like that character, it he is doesn't just is, do, it's, but it's, that's where his bread and butter is for sure,
3: yeah. Like, I worked with him in Edmonton, and he is like, it's an edgy act, yeah, it's, it's great, and people love it. I did that, I did that show with Sean LeComber and him, and people were leaving saying this was one of the best comedy shows I've ever yeah. seen because Sean LeComber is. Insanely hilarious. Do you know him?
7: Uh, him? I don't. I know Sean's name, but I've never met him. No. Well,
3: it's because he's so underrated in this country. I think he's the funniest comic in Canada. He's just brilliant. But um, yeah, I just I I really, if I win the lottery this week, I'm going to give you money to open (laughs) a club. (laughs)
7: I'll I'll hold you to that. And
3: then I will come and play that club. But
4: what do you think the jump is going to be then? If you're running these three rooms, to is it just monetary? It's just an amount. Like I don't know, Winnipeg as a city. Is it just? Is there not? Is like the ability to, to throw that is going to take a lot of money it seems like there are some storefronts downtown to, get, that to are... get the club going myself yeah.
7: I just don't have that as I said you know I I moved from Vancouver in 97 back here right Uh, got sick right away and like uh, you know I spent most of my money moving from Vancouver and then right. the disease is just I don't you know I'm I live on yeah. check to check like I don't have a, I don't have any yeah. how um, much a, much would a house how much I could a... mortgage I really don't know to be honest no. we started a business plan a few years ago but it just you know down t- we were looking to do it right in this area here. There's a five story just a uh, two just off McDermott down here. It has a, still a, is empty. Yeah. And I thought that'd be a perfect space for it to run the Acme style model.
3: There's that Nutty Club factory we were walking by
1: oh, today. We're is like, is anything in
7: there? The comedy club, the Nutty <laughs> yeah, Club. Just leave the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, the Nutty I think Club. Be, it's huge. It's like a huge factory. Yeah. But
7: yeah. Is, it, is, is there anything factory. still going on with that nut? The the Nutty, the nutty Club. Yeah, they still the... produce uh, nuts and candy and. Yeah. Oh okay. <laughs> is there a storefront, right. like you can go in and buy. I'm not sure. They're more of a wholesaler type yeah. of thing. Right. You, know what I mean? you get That's your funny. crappy Halloween, those little like chalky candies and stuff like yeah. that. That's them.
3: That's the Nutty Club. What yeah.
1: What is the uh, the restaurant that you're running?
7: Oh, oh it's a um, food court place called The Lineup. We do like lo mein noodles in a box, different kinds of fish and chips, some kind of wacky hot dogs. Oh, okay. Wacky hot dogs. yeah Like we do have a so show Is that dog, your day just, gig, like, and then at night you do comedy? Yeah, kind exactly. Of thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: What's the, uh, do you ever, do you watch the show Bar Rescue? I'm all, I'm, I'm fascinated. Oh, no, okay. Not, that's where the guy it, goes. The, the, but uh, I just love those uh, restaurant improvement shows.
7: Yeah, where they go in and uh, really uh, grab them by the collar and shake them up. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, a lot yeah, of, that's... just like in uh, comedy, the owners often don't know what the hell they're doing. They love the thing, so they open yeah. one up and sure. uh, the, uh, you know, they, just because you have a love of food or a love of comedy doesn't mean you well, can run a business. Well, restaurant failure it. Is,
4: high, is way higher than stand-up comedy club failures. Yeah, for sure. I mean, everyone thinks that they can make something that they can sell. Food-wise, yeah. Stand-up is a little bit different, but a restaurant, oh, it's got to be tough.
7: And that's the thing with restaurant failure too is they try to do that uh, be everything to everyone model instead of specializing and just right. like you know here's what we offer and do it really well and people will come instead of oh we have to have a Caesar salad we have to have yeah. calamari we well, have. Well, to-
4: I mean, a good friend of mine is James Cunningham who has a show called Eat Street. Oh yeah. And- yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, know all it. the food trucks, and there's a reason why the food truck phenomenon is growing. Is yeah. because of that exact thing: a limited menu, but amazing quality. Yeah.
7: You talked. You mentioned Portland earlier. Like they've got, they're everywhere. And yes. Like that city for foodies is like you know Nirvana. I mean, yes. It's for exactly that reason.
4: What about a comedy truck? <laughs> uh,
7: <yeah>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you just pull up to a
4: corner and have right a comedy front of show. Right out front of yeah. rumors. <laughs> you want to hear their word "fuck"? Get in the truck. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I like or just a bus that you could tell comedy on and drive around the city. Yeah.
1: I guess you, do you ever get like a, like an attachment to one of the rooms? That, like how long have? What's the longest room
7: that you've been running here? Uh, the free laugh series that the Kingshead Pub has been. We're in uh, this September. We'll be in our seventh season. So well, what venue did that I long. play
4: when I came through? Is that uh, that? That one? was
7: the Kingshead. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, I mean, but do you, do you ever get like a, like a, almost like they're like a, like a kid? You couldn't like leave one, but then you feel like you're sort of like a I, you know letting down the whatever comedy community is here because uh, well, that's
7: oh we need this one room to stay alive without breaking my uh, arm, patting myself on the back like I nurtured this scene and created it to, right. like Jason Beck, you know, all credit to him. Yeah, had started his his uh, amateur room um, at I think it was once a month on Mondays out of rumors. But that, you know, again, you're severely limited, and it was difficult to get on. And after having won the contest, there just weren't opportunities, so I created them, right? Yeah. And uh, there's been a lot of kids have come up through, you know, the ranks, so to speak, like in the minor leagues. and sure. uh, To uh, to the point where they're, like, Dan Verville now is, like, headlining that club. He's the youngest one who's done it. And he came up, like, you know, through these little rooms and whatnot. But um, plus yeah, having the I festival
4: helps too. I mean, they, they get sure. to, they the f- get to see uh, you know world class entertainment, all or, or headliners Al. or, or acts that you know whether are, are playing the comedy club or not or or playing your rooms or not, and that also helps as well.
7: Well, and all credit to Al for like uh, it, opening those doors in the festival to these uh, smaller comics. I you do know, like, like how like this festival coming.
3: supports the local yep. com- comedies like and and amazing. the venues
7: uh, lately amazing. as well. Like the King's Head show kicked the festival off on uh, yeah. Monday was packed. I don't know. If you guys are in town yet? No, 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 but I saw show. the poster for it. Yeah. Yeah, it was, that, that was great. It was gangbusters. It went over awesome. Yeah.
4: But is there, is there really a bit of a, like in, in Montreal, Montreal is very much a city because of the festival. It's like comedy crazy for a month. And then the rest of the year, it's kind of like, yeah, it's a sleepy town.
7: No, these rooms, Um, and that's the funny thing too. We get guys come through uh, and they have their nights off on Mondays or Tuesdays at Rumors. So they'll come out and the Rumors doesn't allow their um touring comics to do the, the small rooms why which is, is really that? you think that would odd. be Ridiculous. well Ty, i agree advertising that's what i say i, yeah. Yeah. I had an pro- argument 10 minutes there Tyler they'll go to rumors, rumors on the weekend his position is that i paid for them to fly in here and yeah put no, them I, up, I understand so why, why am i letting them play yeah. free at your room right well advertising you know yeah. if he does five minutes and kills these guys are going to go on to see him for an hour that's right. how i look at it anyway yeah. Yeah. They're welcome to come and hang out, but they, you know, they're not. They they get in trouble if they go up and and. Uh, they I mean, get...
4: look, that, that I don't want to be come across too negative against that club. They're right. not the only club that does that. No, Almost they're not Every at all. comedy club in North America has some kind of rules where all comics are like. I think that's a little bit bullshit. Yeah. But you know, he, he is right. If he is going to pay the flight and you know pay to put them up, and you accept those terms, you have to accept those terms. They have right. the right to. It's their venue and their their place.
7: To some degree, though, I mean, you've paid for that guy to come and do his hour at your club, you know, five nights a week. What he does outside of that, I'm not sure how that has anything to do with you. I,
4: mean, yeah. I side with you in the argument. Yeah, I'm just playing devil's advocate, of and course. I understand his his thought around it because he's trying to protect his business. Right. But by protecting his business, in a sense, I, I don't think so it's so. The they best think way. that if
7: if they
3: see them for five minutes, like, well, now I don't have to go see the real show. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean,
7: I, I no, don't know. I think it's more of a, I think it's more of a, why would I legitimize your dinky little room with my? Right. Pro comic, my comedy club, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. I hate that. I think that's what it's it
3: is. It's just like you know how much that's more success inclusive. they that's would That's not inclusive. That's exclusive.
7: Right.
4: Right.
3: They would have so much more success, and almost all comedy clubs, if they just kind of like worked together, it's so ridiculous that there's like, well, you're you know you're what? not my business. And <laughs> look at look at
4: Calgary. Calgary's a very good example. Calgary has you know three comedy clubs, mm-hmm. and you know I've not been to Calgary in a while. I mean, you you have um Kathleen, but. Yeah. Those two clubs, you know, they're in competition. But, but they're both they're, amazingly successful. I, I know, but my point is they're also very kind of respectful of each other as well. Um, you know, they're, they are they business competing with each other, but they're still not like playing dirty pool. And, you know, they're, they're trying to help the comedy community. Like I, when I go and play Calgary, they don't tell me on my off nights I can't go and do the other little rooms. Right. Because I don't know if I would still then do it. You know, right, because that's that's my
7: rules. How are those two clubs? Do they uh, cross book? Like, would you get work at both, or can you only you work at one? No, cannot no, work no. both. No. No. okay, no. no. I didn't think but so. I mean, that's
4: how America works. Sure. America's got a three month window too on either side. Yeah, so I yeah. understand
3: that for headlining, but I still I still don't understand it for if you're a, a, a oh, host or MC, a middle. It's so stupid. Like nobody's coming to see me. They're all coming to see the headliners. So what does it matter right. if I hosted the Calgary Yuck Yucks and then I hosted the Laugh Shop? Yeah, yeah. But it's
4: also, you know. It's you know the it's theme. ego it's power it's control yeah and we're all comics who want to everybody live in a world. you know as
7: an owner of anything it doesn't matter what you want a monopoly you know what I mean and like right yeah, like, so you want it's to business. keep your foot on the throat where you can and business it's just a shame yeah exactly it's like
4: in anything if they say jump and you say how high they're gonna keep telling you to jump right mm-hmm. and it's up to each individual to realize I'm done saying jump and how high that's mm-hmm. all you know it's, and it's it's not the easiest thing because especially in a one horse town. You piss them off, you know. Yeah. I'm not saying you've pissed them off, but you know what it is like. Yeah. One Horse Town. If you're either in or you're out, and if you're out, you better be willing to put in the work to make your own work. Exactly. If He doesn't
3: piss them off. You just don't. You just do comedy that they don't want.
4: And no, I, I know that. that, but that's what I'm saying. Even if you, even if you're a clean comic, and piss them off. A One Horse Town. Whatever you do, if you're not accepted, you have to make your own work. Yeah, that's just the way it is. Yeah, that's Lars true.
7: made the mistake. He came through, and uh, I don't know if he was aware or he just chose to ignore. But he came and did our rooms, and you know he got. Hell for it, but uh, you know he still got booked there again. It's just the next time he came through, Couldn't he, he knew it. very well that he wasn't allowed to come right. to any of our stuff. So,
4: well, you know. <laughs>
7: That's just how it is, you know. He like yeah, said absolutely. it's business, like, and you know, like I didn't come in here today to sit here and badmouth. Oh, I know, no, 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 no. it's as an as interesting an dynamic. In, yeah, and city yeah. to city, you'll find that it yeah. exists everywhere. And, right? and
4: like I said, this is not a, you know, I've been in many American cities or talked to comics from American cities. This this epidemic is everywhere. Oh, it yeah, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and it, yeah. it happens in other towns too.
7: Um, but the original point in having brought them up in the first place was that I started these rooms, and you know, as like minor leagues, and the comics that have come up through it. Exactly. Like I got four hosts there now that, that I are, are playing mentored, at that club, so to speak. That's why yeah, I exactly feel like, right? like,
3: they should appreciate the support that you give them by helping them develop comics that yeah, are talented. I don't talented. think I'm
7: persona non grata over there. You know, no, like my no, no. Pictures up on the wall. No, yeah, exactly. and I'm not like, saying
3: that, but I just mean like the fact that they get angry if if if, if an uh, if someone the headliner comes goes over works your room. It right.
4: should, in my opinion, I think the analogy is best is minor leagues versus the major leagues. Right, right, Mm -hmm. and you know if they want to go back to the miners and work out a bit, what's the big deal? You know, I think that's the analogy. Um, But you know, I'm not going to tell someone how to run their business. I just won't, you know, work there. But sure. I don't think they're screaming, "Hey, where's Darren? Yeah. Where's Darren? <laughs> where's Kathleen? Why can't we where's get that Kathleen? angry guy? Where's that angry guy?" Um, I do want to talk a little bit before you go about your experiences at Bridgetown uh, in Portland. You've done it a few years, yeah, and it's a very interesting comedy festival. Just explain a little bit your experiences.
7: The, it's um, like this comedy fest is great, but it's not high density. It's not a high density festival. Bridgetown, you've got about seven venues on a three-block, maybe seven-block. uh, uh, street right and they it, it ranges from like a from a shriner's type of club or it's an eagle's lodge is what it is exactly right um to there's a place called bar of the gods where it's literally like a little smoking area that seats maybe 25 people like that's right. the smallest of yep. the venues but these things are happening constantly and there's lots of crossovers so there's no time where there's not comedy going on on top of which they have a bar at the end of the street pardon me <coughs> called the tanker that from, I think it's 6 o'clock until 2, every day of the festival is a nonstop open mic. So the people that aren't in the festival locally, they get to be part of it, it right. there. But then, f- say, for example, you or me or whomever... Or walking just by, want to work 20 minutes. Yeah, let's, well, it's not 20. It's, I think they run at about 5 to 7. Okay, so but it's work just out something. constantly going, right. you know? And that is a, an amazing thing uh, to see because, um, you know more often than not, comics are going to just go up there and maybe spritz or riff or do something just completely off the you know, f- off the cuff. You never really know what you're going to see at the tanker, and that's yeah. really exciting.
4: I, w- I wish, that, you know, the o- the only thing I would say about this festival is I do wish there was somewhere where if you did have a night off, because that happens, yeah. that you could go and do and work on something. Because I'm, you know, my attitude is if I'm on the road, I want to work every night. Of course. You yeah. know, I don't want to have two nights off and five. Right. Uh, but, you know, I get, I get it logistically that happens at a big fest, but <laughs> it would be great if there was a room that you could work out. Yeah, to. you
7: mean <laughs> as part of the festival? Like as... Uh, Uh, Like this tanker, yeah, Yeah. like that I'm talking about, Yeah. yeah. Well, he gave me shit
3: last with. night because I went up uh, at your room at the end. oh, oh the yeah, 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 yeah yeah and then he
4: goes oh so you're on stage you get two hours of attention and now you need more I'm yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. of course but that's a different argument that's you already did something that night I think that's more the, the point of there so. right. but you can do whatever I would you want never
3: turn down a spot I yeah, don't ever sure. turn down spots
7: yeah K Trev did one last night there as well at the yeah. cheer and he joined us on Monday at the King's Head so yeah. yeah where there's and I think he joined us at the Cavern on Sunday too if I'm not uh, mistaken that's the in Osborne Village. Uh, right near um, the gas station theater. I don't know if you guys have hit that pub yet. Below the Toad in the Hole. No, There's no, no. 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 Pub That there. was like
1: the, I think the Toad in the Hole's down the yeah street from where we were last night. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
7: So if I were to, and that's something I'd thought about too before I got involved with this. Uh, having been to Bridgetown multiple times, I would love to have that type of high density festival right in mm-hmm. Osborne Village. There, you know, the gas station is your that'd be your gala yeah, you a big thing, or whatever. Sure. But then you've got the King's Head, then you've got the Cheer, then you've got the the Zoo. Uh, carlos and murphy's there's a bunch of little places where you could have you know 20 30 seats and just you know blow it out for three days it doesn't have to be a big week-long thing um i love it anyway back so with that model in mind yeah i love it's like summer camp for comics it's just unbelievable like this is great don't get me wrong i love being part of this and the camaraderie and seeing people i haven't in in a while how's it going like it's a real uh fraternity uh not to exclude um you know, the ladies. <laughs> but Hey, I'll go, I, I go in the front house, in house. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's never happened. There through the back just, door. Um, it's just mayhem for But, there, but in days. terms of
4: numbers of comics, too, Bridgetown's pretty big, right? It's
7: huge, yeah. 250, maybe more this year, right. I think, yeah.
4: Whereas uh, I think uh, there's like 60 here this year, I think, in Winnipeg. Yeah, would
7: and for them it's a lot easier. Well, not easier, but um, being where they are, San Francisco, L.A., you know, Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, you've got
4: three major hubs right there. Which are within about
7: a six-hour drive. They don't so, pay
4: your
7: anything. Uh, I was, you get put up, uh, oh, but you've okay. got to find your own way there, for me anyway. Yeah. Um, for the bigger, like if I'm a James Adomian or a Maria Bamford yeah. or somebody, oh, they're going to fly yeah, you down, of course. Yeah, of course, yeah. Right. Of course, yeah. 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 But still, uh, I mean,
4: you know, uh, there's this thing in the States where uh, I was talking to a few comics where there's these festivals now where it's like, yeah, comics are, it's more about the networking and having fun with each other than, you know, kind of paying their rent for that week. Yeah. And that's great if you're working the other weeks to be able to do that. It just sucks when if you're not at least paying your rent, you can't keep doing that.
7: Uh, of course. And that's why I stopped going uh, because, you know, a flight for me down to Portland from here is around 800 bucks, Right. And then, you know, they were getting so many comics and so many bigger names, uh, they stopped paying my hotel. You're going to have to pay for that too. I said, well, all right, well, yeah, I'm yeah. not coming Eventually, anymore. Eventually something's going yeah. yeah, exactly. As much as I love the experience, right? you know what I mean, and the free hospitality and the booze and la, la, la. la I don't have to pay for that one there. But... You know, a plane ticket plus, so plus, you know, all of a sudden it's out of pocket. 1200 yeah. bucks to go have fun for you. Well, yeah. even Duncan you know.
3: Trussell had that whole thing about with uh, South by Southwest because they called him and they're like, we like you and we'd like you to come. Oh, and they wanted him to
7: submit the pay, fee. Your right? own, yeah.
3: Pay your own way and pay for your own hotel. But we we're, we were going to put you on shows. And he was like his whole his whole thing was uh, it's like if you call it a clown. He actually did this. He called a woman who was a clown. I want, you to come, I want you to come party, and I want you to come perform. And she goes, great. And he goes, okay, so you're going to be here um, for three hours, and uh, if you could just donate your time for the experience. And she was like, what? <laughs> and like, he did it with a plumber as well. He's like, I need you to come and fix this. So if you could just donate your time for the experience yeah. of working on this yeah, toilet. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. And so it's just that type of thing that it's like everybody wants these festivals so bad, and the, they know it. So Have they you seen Trussell
7: much? Have you seen him live much?
3: Yeah, I saw him a couple times. Did he used.
7: do the uh, ventriloquist? That bit? is
3: my favorite thing I've ever seen. My,
7: mine too. I was blown away he at Bridgetown when I thing. saw it. He, what is it? Are you got um, He does yeah. this
3: thing where he says he found this d- dummy in his grandfather's his at gra- it. Yeah,
7: and he, he has a tribute to his grandfather. Yeah. He wants to, you know, use grandpa's old dummy or whatever, right? and the thing becomes possessed uh, on stage him. and then possesses him. So he's the puppet of the puppet, and it's just the way that the whole thing builds and builds and it's horrific by the end of it so the way he acts it out it's, it's a really amazing thing to see I was my I was my jaw was on the floor I'd never seen anything I like I saw it. him do
3: that in 2009 when I was down in LA hanging out and I was just hanging out at the comedy store and I, he came in quite a lot and he did that and I was just like I've never seen anything yeah. like this before and this is so incredibly funny yeah yeah he's an interesting guy
1: <laughs> well when you when you the, the rooms that you run do you ever feel like and I think it's great that you give uh, people that don't sort of fall into that uh, rumors category, um, or you give those comics a stage time, but do you ever feel the need to, like, reinforce the idea that he should be able to do both
7: sides? Oh, yeah, absolutely, definitely. And that's one of the things, too, is we talk a lot. Uh, it's like a little family almost, you know. Yeah. So after the show, you know, like, you know, that didn't work and here's why. Uh, and, you know, if you're going to take that elsewhere, it's not likely going gonna... it's, to... It's like you're saying about the Absolute Club. You become almost insulated into doing well. And, like, the the, the amount of regulars that come and see us, you know, they're real cheerleaders. So maybe you're not getting the best reaction, you know, the the truest reaction from the material that's being done. So uh, I try super hard uh, to kind of keep that um, honest, you know, like... um, Because you don't always
1: get to play your most favorite place to play, especially when you start getting paid for it. I mean, sometimes it is a job, and you have to realize, well, I should be able to at least have this skill. Maybe it's not my most favorite. There's no two ways about that. That's... You're always, you're never gonna play the same place forever. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't want to. So no, it, it's no, no, tough no, no, to. No, no. Do you yeah. feel like I need to encourage? And that's people? how you know
7: if the bit really is worth its salt is right. by taking it and doing it in different places. You know, like yeah, I, one of the uh, guys here, uh, he's always saying how he doesn't care where he does. Uh, like, there's some rooms here that I wish comics wouldn't go to, uh, just because I think they're bad for local comedy.
4: Right. You yeah. know,
7: they're putting up the worst of the worst and they're well, charging yeah. people money for it. The three rooms I run are free. Like you can come and see them for free and we put on a good product. Um, these ones are charging 10 bucks and it's the dregs. Uh all credit to them. They started something up. They want, you know, they they're not yeah, getting opportunities. Yeah, they put the time in. Wanna, I get it, but yeah, but not but the greatest really, idea. Especially when you're charging people money for it. Like if you're a first time. Anyway, the point that I'm making is this one uh, comic that I've got uh Says, well, I'm going to do that room because I'm going to do time anywhere. It's, it's important. I said, well, do what Bernie Mac did, did then if you're so committed to that is like literally tell jokes on a city bus. Yeah. Like Mac would get on a city bus right, right. and do five minutes and then get on the next bus and do five minutes for those people on the road. If you're that committed to it, then, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Right. But-
4: and are you on Twitter?
7: Uh, yeah, but I rarely use it. You really, use <laughs> it? yeah.
4: And uh, what about if people want to find out about your three rooms? Is there like some kind of yeah? You can join website? the free last
7: comedy series on Facebook. That's where we like we do most of our promotion through free Facebook. We'll say it again. The free last comedy series okay. is uh through Facebook, and that's where you'll get all the info about the King's Head shows. Okay, um. If you just friend John B. Duff on Facebook, I mean, I'm constantly putting all the local stuff up. Perfect. There's a group called Winnipeg Comedy Scene through Facebook as well, and they do a weekly, at the beginning of the week, they'll tell you everything that's on everywhere all right. week. So that's a great way to look at it as well. Okay, great. Right, well, thank you
1: for uh, coming down to doing the show. It was pleasure, very guys. cool. It was, yeah, we had a lot of serious yeah. stuff. We didn't really, I know, yeah. too much. We didn't really get not, too wacky, but we're, we're all
7: really
3: get not
4: wacky, of wacky pop, No, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. that's yeah.
7: not
3: the we're, point. We're,
4: the point was to talk about Winnipeg and to talk about it, and, you know, uh, that's what we wanted to do.
7: Well, thanks for having me, guys. I really yeah. appreciate it.
4: I think
1: Seriously. we're all on a, on quite a high... Well I, well, I mean, we were on quite a high last night from the show that we did uh, at the uh, gas station theater and then uh, proceeded to get... Uh Pretty fucked up afterwards. Yeah, I so, yeah, got pretty
7: fucked. I'm yeah. still hungover right now.
1: Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's. Uh, I'll have to admit Five that uh, a the, the couple of these shows that uh, I've been a little bit groggy for most of them. <laughs> yeah, just because the first one you've the seen the bit. Vi- you, you say one thing, not a, I, I a I, word. He just I don't sat even remember. Yeah. said, are
4: you okay, yeah. Dave? Oh, I'm just fiddling with things. Well, no,
7: I'm. I'm paying attention to the levels and things like that. For you guys doing the live thing, have you done that before, or is that the first one you ever done? Not the
4: three of us. Not the three of us. Me and Dave and a former co-host did do one live show. Just kind of run through to. You know to work out some things. Well, there's but, like
1: a dark comedy festival in Toronto yes. that's done over a couple of. Uh...
7: That's Rob Malley's thing. Isn't yes. it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So yeah.
4: we did it there, and we, you know, we got a good feeling of what we were, you know, to work on and had to do. And this was kind of like the official launch of doing live shows. And uh, you know, we're extremely happy with the crowd size that showed up. Yeah,
7: there's an interesting dynamic that I found in the crowd last night watching it. Is the three of you while you had your performer on stage you're not laughing at what they're saying or you don't seem engaged of course you are but I'm sure you're thinking about the questions you want to ask or whatever, right, or you yeah. seem disassociated there's like a disconnect from yes. the performance. Yes. well you're also
4: got to remember like they're they're doing bits yeah. and I have a list of things to talk about Right. so I have to hear it. he's talking about this I don't care how funny it is yeah. how does what he's saying relate to does it to the now question. take yeah. this out of it because yeah, yeah. he's already talked about it yeah. or does it stay in
7: yeah I didn't so, mean it as a pejorative sense That oh you fuckers yeah. didn't <laughs> laugh at anything I just no, mean no, that, I you meant, know, but that's why yeah
4: you're in the Moment, it's like you've got to figure this out because when yeah. he sits down, I don't want to go. So tell me about this. He goes, "Well, I just did a bit
1: about that
4: like
3: taking the light down way on." Yeah, a, I, yeah. I
1: kind of wanted to be completely in the dark yeah. for yeah, yeah, while yeah. they were on. Sure, but um, but yeah, that uh, just didn't happen just because the way the But I had were.
3: so much fun. Was, I was yeah, having it was a good
1: time. I, 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 I we well, were I was so was used fun. to doing the show and not getting any reaction at all because we're just in in a booth. Yeah, and it's just in you know, and we have a producer listening. And who
7: did y'all have? You had Robloskis McMahon, Kenny. Uh, John Dor, I think, it was George yes. you know, yes. Doar. And Westerholm. And uh, George Westerholm. Westerholm, yeah. Right. I had to leave after George, so I, I would have missed Kenny and uh, Doar. Yeah. yeah.
4: Those were the really good ones, too. Yeah. 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 But, but overall, overall, we were, you know, really, really happy with it because we hadn't really talked about uh, I Don't Know More very much, and it's obviously very kind of current right now uh, in the news. And, uh, you know, getting John on the show finally and Kenny, because Kenny hasn't even been on the show. I mean, one of my best friends in comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to leave it for a time where it was going to be something special, and this was the perfect time.
7: Yeah, yeah. Well, like, it's surprising that you haven't devoted the entire, like, I've gotten all this time here. <laughs> and like, when your best friend and, like, a Canadian comedy legend yeah, has yeah. had his five minutes and that's it on the show. Five minutes and that's yeah. it. Get out of here, fuckface. <laughs> Get out yeah. of here, Kenny.
1: Was, well, I, I don't remember what moment it was uh, when we were recording last night, but there was, like, a moment where it was, like, got very, a little tense and a little real about some. you were yelling well, oh, yeah, there was one part where it was like a genuine sort of like, Will you ask me to do something, and then I do it, and then, then I think the audience was like, oh, okay, now they're really because there was one moment where I was like, <laughs> you, you, were yes. you were angry, you were angry, yeah, that. yes, there was yeah. one moment where you seriously pissed me off about it. something, and, and then uh, and then I could even feel because but yeah, like we said, we're not used to you forget like, you did people forget were there, and yeah, yeah, you're Shit. not in a
4: corner, and it's not just me and Kathleen jumping on top of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's 200 people watching this.
1: So strange, but it was good. I'm glad we got a chance to come out yeah. and do it too. Yeah, it
7: was a good time. I hope that uh, continues. I'm sure it will. I mean, it was a pretty big, big success. You're just doing the one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then
4: we're all kind of doing other shows individually. But right, right. you know, I'd like to. The thing is, I I like it when festivals do take a chance on things. I mean, if we get to come back, that's great. But if they don't bring us back because they're going to do something else a little bit different, you know, so be it. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But that's not
1: the kind of show that you get to see very often. Neither. No, so. no, you
7: don't. Yeah. And I like that's just the thing. Like at Bridgetown, you'll see a lot of. Really a lot like just sort of experimental things that maybe haven't been done before or whatever and um, I mean,
4: they had Q here, you know, two years ago, but yeah. Q is a certain skew of an audience. It's very, I'm sure it's very, oh, he's yeah, really yeah, yeah. nice. like ho, just the DNTO
7: that they've got here, like it was Sukyun. Yes. Yeah, yeah like, that like will be a different are...
4: market as well. That will be Absolutely. more of a CBC crowd. This was more for, you know, the drunks who answer cell phones in the front row. Yeah. This was more the. It's <laughs> just what happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, hey, Frosty! Hey, Frosty! <laughs> Great, you're my fan. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So. All right, well, thanks for coming by, John. Appreciate yeah, thanks it. Thanks a lot, guys. Cool. Cheers. Catch you
7: later. Bye-bye.
1: All right. Thank you for listening uh, to the uh, Anything Goes podcast. Uh, Remember. uh, Please vote. Don't forget
4: to vote. All right. Oh, yeah. I guess people still can vote at this point for us. And, um... The Canadian Comedy Awards, we're up for Best Radio Clip or Radio Show. It's a public category. You do not have to be a member of the Canadian Comedy Awards Alliance right. uh, to vote for this category. And we are going up against the CBC Juggernaut, couple shows, which are funny, and we're happy to be in the same group as them. But uh, we do need your vote if you uh, do want us to win that award.
1: And don't give those shits a fucking vote. They don't need it. They're going to have a gig whether they get it or not, but we right. need your votes. Yeah. It looks better in our books. and uh, maybe uh, Yeah, and that
4: acceptance speech will be gold. Right. If they let us have one, it'll yeah. be. It'll happen the day before, during the other awards or something.
1: Yeah, and tell them, and send an email to the promotions department at SiriusXM that we exist. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot, everybody. Good Woo! night.